The following Toku podcast to contain spoilers from both past and present Tokusatsu, anime, manga, movies and other related media. If you do not wish to be spoiled we suggest turning off the podcast now. Otherwise please enjoy the show. Hello everybody, welcome to the Tokusatsu podcast, the best show about Tokusatsu you've ever heard of the day. What? <laughs> what? That's Jay, yeah. Jay. Oh, okay. Uh, you guys remember the time uh, Superman was a really clumsy Jesus allegory? Uh, you're going to have to be really fucking specific, man. No. <laughs> uh, you're talking about, you ta- you're talking about like, Zack Snyder? You're talking about Frank Miller? You're talking about Mark Millar? No. you talking about here? You're talking about Zeb Wells? I, <laughs> I wish it wasn't Zeb Wells. Jay, you hate Zeb Wells as much as Zeb Wells hates Spider-Man. You're so right about that right now. <laughs> That's Chad. Well, I am back. And, um... You know what? I don't have a joke for this intro. Um, shocker of all shocks. Ho-ho! <laughs> <laughs> and a surprise guest who came back... Surprisingly, surprise, it's Lucas. Uh, surprise, <laughs> hello, hello everyone. I don't know how we were aff- <laughs> we were able to afford him, but God, how much are we paying you? I, how much are we getting paid in general? What the fuck? I, <laughs> let's just say I'm not cheap. <laughs> Lucas will podcast for scale. <laughs> yes, yes, this is true. Oh my God, <laughs> I'd do it. Uh, so today, we are talking about Shin Ultraman. No, we're talking about the <laughs> sequel to Shin Ultraman. Shin... I was going to do something dumb with that. Anyways, we're talking about Shin Kamen Rider today. Shin I was going to say... You know, it's the thing is... I was going to say Shin Robot Detective, but I can't make that joke. <laughs> he can't because he's in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> he's a real fucking thing now. So... What is Shin Kamen Do we have to explain the fucking story of, of the original Kamen Rider to you? Do we have to? Because if we, we do, might, you just get out of here. We might actually have to, considering <laughs> the uh, some of the, bra- the uh, brain trusts that are the upper echelons of this fan base. <laughs> you know what? True. So, Jay, as always, what is Shinny the Kamen Rider? Well, Shin Kamen Rider is the third and so far final confirmed. Uh, uh, nice. Uh, fin- <laughs> I didn't think that was going to pick up. <laughs> uh, well, you never do. You never do. Got that the out. Third- Got that out. Yeah. The third and final of Hideaki Anno's psychotic masterpiece trilogy of Tokusatsu reboots. Uh, this time, of course, obviously, Shia is. Common Rider, the original 1971 epic that started it all. Some simultaneously blending the original TV show, the manga, parts of Spirits, some of the later spin-offs, <laughs> other reboots, and his own cracktastic ideas into a blender <laughs> and creating this uh, wonderful little bizarre experience. I, I think we should start with that now. <laughs> like, if if you're expecting, because I know there are people that did, 
if you're expecting a straight up one to one like remake of the original Kamen Rider, one you've never watched one of these Shin movies before, and two, uh, you're in for a rude awakening because this is just this is just Ano being like, yes, I like Rider One, and I'm going to do everything t- in my power to make to prove to you why you like Rider One, and uh, yeah, so I think with that being said. Let's start with our main character, shall we? So, Rider One. Uh, yeah, Ra- yeah, Rider One's awesome. That's all I have to say. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, that's fair. He's uh, <laughs> He has Parkinson's. I... <laughs> you know, I didn't want to make the joke, but I... I you knew you... it was eventually going to come up. So- somebody was eventually going to make the comparison. He is, well, as AJ made the joke, he's literally almost always in every scene, except for when he's wearing the Kamen Rider helmet, he's shivering uncontrollably. It's like a chihuahua. It is. He's he's like a tiny chihuahua in a big <laughs> coat. So I, I don't know if you guys have researched this, but like, is there a reason he's doing that? Well, see, the thing is, I noticed on the second viewing that he stops doing it when he's wearing the helmet, when he's got the belt activated, and when he's fully powered up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's literally just, like, he's, he's so pumped full of adrenaline and nerves constantly that he's just, he just is barely hanging on. He's... <laughs> I, that is my personal interpretation. He's, he's having a permanent panic attack. Literally, he's constantly on the verge of having a meltdown, having a panic attack. <laughs> and the only reason he stops is when he's so juiced up full of uh, magic energy chi bullshit. Whatever magic the fuck. The, the magic juice, as I'll, I'm going to keep <laughs> calling it because that's funny. Uh, that he's he completely loses that emotional connection, which is... Which is kind of an interesting interpretation of uh, the original idea, both in the TV show and mm. the manga, where Hongo's whole thing is, of course, his journey from humanity to inhumanity and trying to carve himself out a path back to humanity, where he's he's no longer the man he once was. He's this horrible monster of machine and advanced technology and all sorts of other weird mystic bullshit. And it's struggling to realize that nothing will ever be the same and trying to keep his, his own morals intact and his humanity as he has to force, as he has to fight against this horrible evil threat. That is shocker. See, it's funny you went that. Oh yeah, go for it. I think it's an interesting interpretation of that, uh, that dichotomy the original series had. See, you went with the serious aspect. I just thought he was an alcoholic. Guy, guy can't stop having a panic attack and is only calm after drinking some magic juice. I mean, come on. That's that's yeah, that's, there. A, that's that's alcoholism, buddy. Uh, no, but I I really like I really liked him. I I there's literally nothing I can say that's going to put to justice what I liked about him. There's just something about him that's just like, you know what? He seems like a guy you can trust. He seems hmm. like a hero. You know what? It's not one-to-one, but I know Jason understand what I say. He reminds me a lot of Blade, where he's just a good hero. He's a good guy. Like, you can tell that he's a good guy. It's just 
he was unfortunately shoved into one of the worst possible fucking circumstances somebody can be put into. And that's becoming a horrible abomination of nature. So I don't blame him for being kind of anxious. Mm. Uh, I think it threads the needle well between uh, his starting point of, I hate having this power. I feel guilty about killing. Uh, I don't want this. And then to where he kind of ends up to where I might hate doing this, but I can use my power to protect and to save. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I I think that's what I found compelling about him. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. No, I I was just going to say like, like, like he hates killing, but like it's better than the alternative of just letting these psychos run loose. And I, I like that idea. It's also, I understand his angle of, I hate killing. I don't want to be a common writer necessarily, but also it's really cool when he does it. And also when he grabs a shocker goon's head and turns him into juice. Uh, like, I think he should keep doing that. Um, the, the, see, that's, it's, it's one of those things where, again, to, to go back, like it's, it's better than the alternative of just letting these psychos run loose. But I do, <clears throat> I do like that. Even though he comes to terms with it in some manner, he never fully accepts having to kill people. And I yes. kind of like that because that's something that I always kind of thought about originally. It's like, oh, so they're just like murdering people left. Right. It's like kind of like the original Ultraman where Ultraman's just like, fuck you guys, I'm racist. But like, <laughs> it's, but like with this one especially, it's very much, I like the idea that he has accepted to be reluctantly a tool for something greater than himself, even though he himself does not like that idea. And and it's weird how, again, it's not a, it's not a happy theme. It's not a, a happy like message, but it's something that I kind of enjoy where it's like, yeah, you're doing something good. It's just something that you hate doing. I don't know. There's something about that that really struck me, especially on the second view. And I think you're going to, for, for those out there, I think we've all watched it twice. You. Yeah. This is definitely a movie you need to watch two times because if you don't, a lot of these, a lot of subtext is going to be missing, especially because people are going to go watching. Oh my god, he's right or wrong? He's just killing people. Like, no. If you watch it a second time, I think you're going to really notice a lot of subtext, especially with Hongo. And I think that was something that stuck out to me. Where, again, he is reluctantly okay with being a tool for justice, even though it's for all intents and purposes, just ripped his humanity out essentially. And I like that. I, well, also I would, I would say that's a very big strong suit and also a very detrimental point to the movie is that this is very much an Anno movie in that (laughs) there is a lot of, uh, very heavy subtextual things buried beneath a layer of a bunch of wacky fucking action and crazy set pieces. So on a first viewing, you definitely are going to miss some of the finer details and a lot of the the more the themes and the subtextual elements are going to be lost on you in the the wave of violence and action. And yes, I I like Lucas's uh, interpretation there where it's on one hand, I feel Hongo struggle with not wanting to fight and not wanting to take lives. But on the other hand, it's really, really cool when he smashes a shunk, shocker mook's head open like a uh, like, like a watermelon. Yes, yes. So, I, I like to see him do it more and more. So it's funny you mentioned that, Jay, because that stuck out to me too. 
do you think that was very much an intentional choice? Because so, let me let me throw this at you. Do you remember how we, you and I both despised the fact that people cheered at Godzilla's fucking, like, his first atomic breath in Shin Godzilla? Mm. Do you think, I don't know if Anno mm. really did this, but who knows? Who knows? Maybe he did. Anno's a crazy motherfucker. Do you think Anno did that to kind of make you think, well, it's kind of our fault that they keep doing this? Because we're cheering it on. Yeah, go kill those fuckers. Kill them. Kill them all. It's great. We fucking love it. It's so cool. But then you realize you peel you peel the mask back quite literally. And it's like, the guy's fucking terrified. And he feels off. Like, dude, I'm killing people. What the fuck? Do you think that was intentional? Mm-hmm. Because that's what stuck out to me watching it again. Where I'm like, yeah, it's cool. But it's done in a way where it's cool. But I also feel there's reluctance in every one of those punches. And it's like, oh, that's way more interesting than, than I originally saw it as. I, I think it's definitely intentional just because Kamen Rider 1 doesn't really, I, don't, I think doesn't kill anyone after that opening. Uh, after the business with Spider-Og, I don't think he kills anyone. Right? Uh, um, no, not, he does kill well, he the kill. bat or like the, whatchamacallits. Oh, that's Hold true. On. That's true. He, You're he right. He kills the bat og, and he kills the shocker riders. Yes. Uh, it, it, just because he kind of like throughout the narrative makes more and more choices, leaning towards the side of, I'm going to spare this person, or I'm going to give the person uh, the the chance to turn themselves in, rather than me, uh, for example, kicking them through miles and miles of concrete. Um, <laughs> No, but yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel it's almost a genius way of subverting that idea from Shin Godzilla, where again, you know, you are cheering on something that, in reality, maybe you really shouldn't be cheering. Like, yeah, he's still doing a good thing, but it's mentally scarring this guy beyond all mental repair, and I feel weird now cheering it. You know what I mean? It's like it's that weird. You cheer and then you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have cheered for that. Uh, Oh, you go ahead, Jay. I'll say this. I certainly see where you're coming from. And I definitely see the comparisons. I don't think it's intentional solely for the fact that Shin Ultraman also did a lot of the same kind of horrible violence against the Kaijin or Kaiju, I guess, technically. And that same sort of revelance in destruction. Mm. But unlike in Shin Kamen Rider, it just kind of let it go by like how it did in Shin Godzilla. I think it's more just Ano doing it as a sort of natural progression of this is what in a realistic environment this kind of action and this kind of fighting would be like. But I don't think it was deliberately as a sort of criticism of that reaction to Shin Godzilla Mm. but I absolutely see your interpretation there and I think it's a wonderful interpretation and I can certainly see it being true I personally don't agree because the other Shin movies were like that beforehand Mm -hmm. I I, I see what you mean I just to, to kind of counterpoint it I feel like at least with this one it's much less fantastic. I know this sounds weird saying it. It's much, it's much less fantastical 
when you're doing it to humans than you are doing it to aliens, if you know what I mean. I, that and also that they make the point a couple of times to say that the Augs and the goons are basically like brainwashed innocents, which yeah. makes it a little bit uh, murkier to mm. make it be like, yeah, awesome, they're getting crushed. Yeah, as, as opposed to like in Shin Ultraman where – you can make the argument. Well, they're all just bad guys anyway. So they're just they're just trying to ma- cause mindless destruction. At least the shocker, like and for some of the people in shocker, it's like, do they really know what they're doing? Because again, like like Lucas said, a lot of them are brainwashed. I'm like, do they even truly understand the atrocities they're committing? And because of that, does Hongo truly understand? Like, or I, I would say he does understand the fact that like he's killing these people for the greater good, but even the, even then, he also knows that like these people, I guess you in, in a weird way can't help themselves anymore because they're just that lost in the fucking in the Kool Aid, I guess. Yeah, I think that's history because that's a that's a component that was in the original that uh, ultimately got dropped kind of as the show got got went on where. Basically, everybody in Shocker is high up on the fucking Kool-Aid and basically has no free will other than, like, a few of the... Ki- like, the the top dog executives, the generals, and maybe a couple of Kaijin. And that was an idea that was more in Ishinomori stuff, like the manga and the early episodes, where the idea is like, no, these people are doing this against their will, but it's an unfortunate reality that they have to fight to the death. Mm-hmm. And then once it sta- once Ichimanji mm-hmm. came in and once it started getting a little... Uh, you know, not not to say that the original Comrade gets any significantly less violent than it did from the beginning, because it's still sure. really violent near the end. Mm-hmm. But I, they start to soften that up where it's like, the combatmen are like, oh no, they're artificial life forms. They're not real people, so it's okay that they get murdered on on the dozen. <laughs> or they're like, they're they're robots. They're not even people. They're not even like human. They're, they're pulling and the, the uh, kaijin. They're like, yeah. well, they're the the kaijin or kaijin who gives a shit. If they're they they're die pulling an eighty Ninja Turtles. So yeah, they they do the uh, oh the Foot Clan are actually all robots. So yeah, it's yeah. Get mercilessly slaughtered. But but see that yeah. that's why I'm saying like so, I, I I feel like on that end it really does go a bit deeper than that. Again, me, 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 you are right. Where perhaps maybe I am interpreting it in a way that Anno doesn't really mean to, but it really it on the second viewing it screamed at me more than. It did on the first viewing because in the first viewing I was just like, "Yeah, Hongo, murder those bitches." On the second, one, I was like, "Okay, this is this is starting to talk to me." Maybe I'm schizophrenic, but it's starting to talk to me in I, ways that I didn't expect it to. I th- I think I agree with your perspective, but on both viewings, uh, I had the same thought of this is really cool. It's <laughs> true enough. Chad, well, you're right. It is. Chad, what is what is your uh, angle here? Yeah, no, definitely. You think this is cool? Um, yeah, no, I thought how they portray him is interesting. Um, I guess in some of the, um, I guess the arguments that I did go, like, when I saw with other people, like, when they were looking into Hongo's character, right, is that he is, well, at best, he is a straight-A student, athletic, uh, has a thing for bikes, and also kind of a glum chum, as the subs would say. But I, I think the way a lot of my friends actually saw it as well, it's just like, yeah, he was kind of bland. Because, like, most of the time he is staring off either into his helmet, into the distance, kind of crying over the lives that he may or may not have taken, um, courtesy of Shocker, or either the helmets. 
And while I do see that the fact that I feel like they could have fleshed out his character a little more, at the same time, it's also kind of interesting to also kind of remember just the source material this is coming from at the end of the day. And it's just that because this is a, a show from the 70s or the Showa era, he, most of those characters typically were just kind of good to a fault without really any other like motivation or question. And I think really translating that into this movie, while it is interesting and while they do give Hongo a little bit of, um, I guess, justification as to why he does everything he's literally doing, I feel like it's good, but I feel like they also could have done a little more in that, like in that note. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree with you there. That's a criticism I've seen a lot of people say, and for the most part, I'll agree with is that uh, Hongo as a character is relatively flat through most of the movie, and there's a lot of that is that there aren't many scenes where it's him just kind of sitting there talking with somebody else. It's a lot of him getting exposited to. Which is kind of how a lot of those shows were. You know, the original writer was like that, and the manga was kind of like a lot, where it was a lot of, like, the characters just kind of expositing about the specific monster of the week and how their own feelings relate to that and not really going into the characters. And we've discussed that before, uh, where the show shows were all kind of really like that up until, like, Black. Mm -hmm. Uh and I, uh, within a particular the particular narrative of the movie, I can agree that's a fault of Hongo's character. Not to say that we don't get we get a tiny little bit with uh, the stuff about his dad, where his dad was a cop who got killed in the line of duty because he tried you know he just tried he risked his life to save some random person from a mugging, and Hongo kind of resented his dad over it because he he ultimately was like. Ironically, his dad was kind of more of the typical hero than he kind of ends up being, where his dad is like, his dad cares more about the victims rather than his own life and his own family. And Hongo's kind of realization that now he has the his he has this great power that he, he is in a position to act like his dad and finally like live up to his dad's legacy while actually being able to do that. I like that, but they there's so little actual focus on that up until like very near the end and within the specific narrative of the movie i can understand that being a problem within the greater scope of writer i think it works though mm. but within the specific movie yeah i would agree that it's a detriment <laughs> that he's yeah. kind of flat well well jay well jay well well um Shall we talk about our second character? Yeah! <laughs> well, we can't talk about Ichibonji just yet. He's like the seventh guy. We have to talk... <laughs> That's true. That is true. I knew you were going to do that. We have, we have to talk Sorry, about... Sorry, I was excited about Ichimonji. We have to talk about uh, Ruru Kazoo. What the fuck was your name? Rudiko. Rudiko. Uh, banana Splits? What? Uh, Bravo Ano, you just created Ray again. I fucking hate Ano so yep. much. I hate Ano so fucking much. I swear to fucking God. I mean, one I track mind it. on this guy. I swear to God. You know what, Jay? Maybe Listen, that just proves that Ray really is the best girl. You know what? No. You know what? <laughs> you know. Oh, you yes, fucking both of you, dude. It. You know what? Here's the thing. God damn. You know what? Here's the thing. Do you want me to ruin this for you even more? Yes. Hey, Hongo. 
getting the helmet. Yeah, basically. <laughs> getting the helmet or Ichimonji's going to have to do it again. I mean, when we get to Ichimonji, Ichimonji I have really more wants th- to do it again. I have more thoughts on this. <laughs> we just we just didn't have like the hospital scene, so that's the only thing we didn't have. You know what? This is uh, the closest we No, can... let's just be honest. This is why we saw a bunch of promotional material for Evangelion Common Rider. That's what got me so mad. I was like, it makes so much sense now. <laughs> God damn it. Damn it, Anno, you really motherfucker. Does. Um He can't keep getting away with it. But yeah, Ruru Kalamazoo. She's a she's fun. She's a fun I character. liked her. I do too. Honestly, she was she was more of the protagonist than uh Hongo was, which I, I don't necessarily hate that as an idea. I thought that was an interesting way to do it. I, I weirdly sniffed that out the moment she was introduced. I was like, ah, I can definitely see where this movie's going. Like, character-wise, mm. I could see where it was going. Um, that so so with her, I was like, oh, okay, I see where. This, but I but again, like like you, I I didn't hate that idea. I actually really ended up liking her. Um, I do wish we had a little bit more time with her though, in the sense of like, I wish we had a couple more like softer scenes like you know quiet so like slow scenes we got some in the movie like the, not the, uh, the camping scene right camping scene the uh the uh the, the, like the, the safe warehouse house scene. scene the safe house yeah. scenes stuff like that where we really had to know who she was because i feel with that not to say it didn't hit but i feel it would have the video she recorded would have hit even harder if we had maybe just one more scene with her like that. Just one more, I think, would have been good. Yeah, yeah, I think that I would agree, I would agree with that. Uh, the way their relationship develops over the course of the movie was very interesting, too. Uh, I will say that her shift kind of from, like, being that very semi-emotionless, detached... I don't really care about anybody. I want, you know, I want to solve my goal personality to her kind of being a little bit of a spoiled brat kind of kid after uh, wasp woman dies. You mean it, how it happened from it, literally one scene to one scene? Yeah. Yes. It does feel very was, stilted. In that it regard. was kind of jarring. Not going to lie. He was. See, if you think yeah. about it from like the way I kind of thought about it in my second viewing was like, well, okay, so she knows that her brother is because she's set up doing the um, her little video will before any of that happen happens. I interpret that on my second viewing of she knows that in a matter of like days, butterfly or uh, butterfly man is gonna be born, and I'm going to die trying to stop him. So I might as well just kind of get my last little chance of any kind of humanity and emotion. And I, that was my interpretation. And you can kind of get the idea that that's what he's going for, but it, it, hit, it hits you like such a fucking truck that it's, it's, it is very hard to uh, appreciate. That, that's what I'm saying. I think if you just had one more, one transitionary scene would have been fine. Like mm. you don't have to put this in the movie or anything like that, but like, like an idea would be like, after the wasp woman scene, they're having, let's say, another camping scene, right? Just another camping scene. Mm. And, you know, instead of this time just scarfing her food down, she's like, I want curry. And, like, Congo's like, well, we don't have that. Well, I want curry. Like, just slowly introducing the fact that, oh, she's loosened up now. 
Like she she's realized, like you said, you know, butterfly bloke is coming in. He's gonna kill everybody. Let let me, I guess, loosen up a bit. You know, in a, in a, in a way, I think that just a transitionary scene like that would have been fine, and I think it would have helped not feel as fucking jarring as like 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 Chad said it was like literally scene to scene because even yeah. now watching like the second time I'm like yeah it kind of feels like it just came out of nowhere it kind of does yeah it unfortunately kind of does I, uh, I feel like in this case the the thing that I did for better or for worse was that before this movie came out there was also the companion piece manga like there is no piece in the world shocker side right and the most recent chapters, I don't know how caught up you guys are up with the manga itself. Is I have not read uh, any of the prequel manga. I don't know exactly how many chapters are out in Japanese. Hmm. I've read up to what's been translated, and their version of Colonel Soul has just showed up, and that's about as far. Yeah, as basically, know. yeah. That's um, I believe that's the latest chapter they have translated. But in terms of um, yeah. like how they portray Rudiko there, it's more or less like. I guess, spoiler alert for the manga, um, she's portrayed more as like a cyber human, or I guess that was already explained, but even more emphasis on the cyber, of, or like more cyber than human, I guess, or like android perhaps? Yes. Yeah. So just like in that case, like reading that and just going into the movie with that aspect, it's like, okay, we already know she's more, she's like more robotic and just like she has really no personality. And then to go from like that scene with the, the Hachi Ogu, and then have her pretty much show all this, like, hum- like human behaviors. Like, it was really weird. It was a little too much tonal whiplash. Mm. It, it was. And, I, and again, like I said, I feel like if we just had, again, just that transitionary scene, I think it would have helped just, just to even some of the stuff out. Because I think a lot of, a lot of points... And this is something that that did not change from like the second viewing. There are some things that I feel Ano should have taken just a couple of minutes more on. Like you know what, the movie's already two hours. What's two hours and a half? You know, it, just give us a couple more minutes on some things, and I think you'd be better off with it. Especially, and that's and I think Rudiko's definitely the main like the the main person I think of when I say that. <clears throat> but I, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh... It, it suffers from the same issue Shin Ultraman did, where <clears throat> it's very much, oh, here's all these cool fucking things that I want to put in. Here are all these monsters that are really iconic. Let's put them in. And then we cram all of that into a, a two-hour movie, and then we it's like, oh, wait, we actually have to have a plot in the rest of this, don't we, huh? I will I think say, it's though, little, yeah, go for it, go for it. It's a little bit better than Shin Ultraman, because... Um, for starters, there actually kind of is a plot in this movie, and there really wasn't one in Shin Ultraman, but uh, it is definitely also a little more jarring just with the way the characters develop in this. See, I would have it the other way around, because at least with Shin Ultraman, the pacing, the breakneck pacing works, because like you said, it was kind of like Anno making, I guess, 20-minute adaptations of his favorite Ultraman arcs. <clears throat> this one was very much a coherent, linear story. And I think because of that, the pacing does hurt it because you do have certain things in the movie where it just feels, okay, I know what you're trying to do with this, but you need at least a couple of minutes to flesh it out. Because again, at least with Shin Ultraman, it's just like, oh, okay, Ano is just making, again, 20 minute adaptations of his favorite Ultraman stories. And yeah, there's no real plot, but 
it kind of feels still almost i don't want to say like an anthology but you know what i mean when i say that almost like it's, an it's episodic a, movie it's an episodic compilation exactly it's a it's like reel, episode, basically, kind of. you know what it's like it's like the old school movies where they would make you know episode movies you know like you know movies yeah. showing like the most important things from the, <laughs> from the show that's what i feel worked mm. better in shin ultraman than it did this because this one was definitely trying to tell a legitimate story and i think again you, you don't even need to add another hour just i i would even say 20 minutes and i think this movie's pacing would have worked just a bit better especially towards the end is where i think the pacing started hitting a little harder the beginning i think the pacing was perfect though yeah i think i would agree that a tiny little bit more time would work do this movie yeah. some uh do this movie some. i good. think also as well like um although the opening or like the opening scenes for the movie were very dynamic especially with the first fights with um i guess shocker and like the akumo augmentation right um another thing that a lot of people have also been saying as well and i would also kind of agree i think a little bit of build up or like a little bit more introduction would have been nice instead of just like rushing like deep into the action already i would agree but at the same time my perspective of it is this is a movie mostly made for a Japanese audience, all of whom know who Kamen Rider is. And that would be like saying we need to put Spider-Man's origin or okay. Batman's origin into the movie. Uh. When everybody already... Fu- like, the target demographic already fucking knows this origin story. Okay. Well, I, so I can, I, would say- I can agree where... The average American person, especially the average American Toku fan who has never watched the original Kamen Rider, doesn't necessarily immediately instinctively know Hongo Takeshi's backstory. Everybody who was this movie was being made for already knows his backstory, so retelling it beyond the tiny little bits you can piece together in the movie aren't wholly necessary. Okay. I I will I will say and forgive me, Chad, if I misrepresent what you mean here. Yeah, no problem. I will say, I don't think Chad means origin story. I mean just a bit more build up to the fights yeah. in general because some of them do feel like they just come out of fucking nowhere. Like, you like Spider Og, fine, but Waspog, a little bit more. And I think the Shocker Riders is the one that really does suffer for it the most because, like, they literally just come out of fucking nowhere and it's like, oh, I guess we're doing this part of the story now. I, I mean, guess. to be fair, they do just kind of show up out of fucking nowhere in the originals, so... Sure, that's but... at least accurate. Sure, that's fair enough, but I'm I, not going to give it that pass. I would say, not talking about the other fights, but the opening specifically. I mean, well, one, the opening is so strong, it's by far the best part of the movie. Uh, but outside of the practical usage of, like, yeah a lot of the people watching this are familiar with the common writer backstory uh, that it's justified by the narrative of like, if you're going to portray common writer as like this Frankenstein figure of being pushed into a position he hates being given powers he hates. Uh, I think that's heightened by the opening just being like, we're jumping into this. Like it's too late. He's already common writer. He's already being pursued by shocker and these monsters and he has to go on this quest to do what he has to do. Uh, any backstory would remove that element of like, well, it's too late. Like the damage is done. Like there's no, 
There's no unmaking him a common writer. Well, see, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I again, like Chad and I were saying, like, I don't think we need backstory or origins. I think we just need a bit more build up to the actual to yeah. the actual confrontation. Like, like, because again, some, yes, some I'm saying the, specifically with the opening. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess if you're if we're sticking with the opening, but I think again, because like like Jay said, I I don't think we need. An origin story, because to be fair, I think the origin story, or at least the way they tell it in this, is perfectly fine because it is told within a quick flashback. And to be fair, the flashback and the way it's filmed, they do it in a way that you kind of just get it. Like they don't need to tell you what's it's, happening; they just you it, get it. It's peppered in effectively. You exactly. get nice little breadcrumbs until it's revealed what it is, and it's like, yeah, that's kind of that's yeah, and, and like be. you get it. But, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, with Chad and I, I think we just yeah. need a bit more build-up yeah. to the actual conversation. Because, like, um, I want to say the first time I was seeing it, it's just, like, of course, because, like, being Kamen Rider fans for a while, all of us, frankly, it, it's, like, the backstory with, like, Peter Parker or Batman. Like, we already know it, but also at the same time, like, it. admittedly, it did take me a little while to kind of figure out, it's like, oh, wait, no, this is, like, that chase scene is literally his first outing as Kamen Rider. Versus, like... Okay, so wait, how long has he had this? Or, like, how long has he, has he been doing this? Like, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, exactly, because so. the opening kind of makes it seem like he's been at this for, like, yeah. a good while. And if it, to be fair, in, if if, it, if that was the case, I'd be like, man, this professor's kind of a dick. You didn't tell him this long? This has been, like, <laughs> it's been, like, six months. What the fuck? Like, well, hey, oh. now it really is a Heisei era show because all of the exposition, <laughs> is exposition takes fucking forever to come up. No, what? no, that's if it was written by Inoue. Yeah, well, no, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. A lot of, like, Ano has gone out on record to saying that Fize is one of his favorite seasons. Oh, God. And you kind of, then you can kind of see it here, can't you? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I see it. But, but see, but, uh, yeah, go for it, go for it. To step back, yeah, I think I can agree that uh, m- many of the kaijin fights definitely needed a little more build-up within the specific narrative, mostly to the fights. Like, especially Mantis Chameleon was fucking awful, just in general. Just, I hated him. Where the fuck did but, he like, the come f- from? Exactly. Like, him in general was really poorly built up. Uh, the stuff with Scorpion Woman was... About as important to the plot as, well, as she was. <laughs> but I think I think everybody else had a solid enough build up to them narratively that I don't think it's that big of an issue. Like I'll I'll concede on the shocker writers and the fact that they quite literally just show up out of fucking nowhere. But at the same time, again, that's at least accurate both to the manga and the original show where. They literally just showed the fuck up out of nowhere. So, I... Eh, I again, I, mean, I, I understand that angle, but I also throw the angle of, oh, no, you're writing a movie. You should at least try. You know, try to explain this. this. this is, I know it's Ano. I know it's Ano, but still, like, I can't give that a slide. It's not like... It's not even like... This is not even like... Saber being able to rewrite dimensions is never being mentioned in the show. This is just like, I know, just be like, oh, there are more writers. Just say that. Like, a fucking line, that's all you need to say. Like, one little one little line, and that's, okay, we know that they're going to eventually pop up, and that's fine. But like like you said, like, 
Coco Melon, the chameleon. Fucking, that guy just came out of fucking nowhere. Honestly, you know what? And this happened on both of my, my viewings. The one fight that everyone groaned at was the bat fight. Like, the bat og, nobody in my theater liked that fight. Nobody liked him. They, th- they all was like, get out of here. Go I, I think, I think I don't intend to hijack the conversation, but I think we need to go deep into og talk. I think I have a lot of thoughts on the ogs, and I think we should go chronologically. Is that okay? Well, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll get to, we'll yeah. get to them as we get to them, I suppose. Um, but like like I said, with this with this particular thing, I think there's just certain aspects. Again, like Chad said, just <sighs> I hate to be I hate to use the wrestling analogy, but you need you need the hype package before you have the match. You know what I mean? You, you need a little bit of that. And I think again, like you said, with with some of them, it was fine. But again, like with <sighs> Kamahemaha, the chameleon. Koma 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 chameleon. Yeah, Coco Melon. Chameleon. Weeb. Baka. But yes. <laughs> Anyways, um, the rare Asian weeaboo. Yes. Indeed. I mean, at least I mean he could be a Westaboo. Hello. Wait a minute. My name is. Then he wouldn't be saying that the perfect Japanese. <laughs> no, he'd be. He'd sound more like uh, like uh, what was her name? Yuri from fucking Black Sun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, actually. Oh my god! No, I I I re-listened. Sorry to hijack, but I re-listened to that episode the other day, and I was like, man, I forgot how bad that sounded. Anyways, but again, back to what we were saying. Again, I think just some of the fights needed just just a little bit more time in the other. I think that's just the story of this story. Mm-hmm. Just just a couple of more minutes, and I think the the the, the cookies would have been nice and a, a bit nicer. The cookies would have been more chewy if you just left it in just a little bit more. I think that's how I feel. Well, yeah. on the bright yeah. side, though, this movie apparently they have been making it. They haven't been making or like holding this back at its like as any secret. There are a bunch of deleted scenes online. Yep. And uh, people are wondering if we're going to get the Eva 1.11 treatment for Shin Rider, so I don't know. We'll see J- just watch the Blu-ray comes out. The the unedited director's cut's like four fucking hours. I wouldn't be surprised. No, they're going to they're gonna Zack Snyder it. It's going to be like five hours. Re- I'd be down for that. Release the, release the Anno cut. Oh, dude, that'd be I, so based. I think I might be misremembering, but I'm pretty sure Anno said that he has like enough footage left to make like an entire another movie. Basically, yeah, I I remember it was um I think it was Ikematsu that said that. Yeah. Release the Anno cut. But anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, I think we could talk a little bit more about like what was added and what was cut from the cutting floor, uh, later. But in the meantime, uh, yeah, I think it was like uh, what Lucas said. Um, I think we should talk about the Ogs now. Yeah. <laughs> I will say this. I absolutely love that they're all helmets. I love that. And I love the designs mm. of all of them. Except for Coco Melon. He was shit. I hated him. But- I th- I, well, one, I disagree. He's my favorite design. We'll get into him. Uh, but I think the character design is literally the strongest element of this movie. Every design is really great. I, I think my one complaint about the Augs in aggregate is that uh, I loved Bat, I loved Bat Og, but him not being in a helmet was kind of like a weird exception to uh, the design language of this movie. Um, yeah. But again, I liked him, but he didn't fit in. Bat Og was just kind of a bad Og. 
I <laughs> honestly, honestly, after well, after Coco Melon, I I think Bad Dog's like my second least. Like I don't I don't really care for Bad Dog. Everyone well, else I actually like. Well, I I think. Well, design wise, and sorry to cut you off, yeah, no Chad. Design wise, it makes sense. Bat Og is like that because if you yes. look at the original Batman compared to the other Shocker Kaijin, he stands out because he's very much more like practical prosthetics rather than a traditional dude in suit kind of look. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense that they incorporated that again over here. But again, within the kind of narrative of the movie and the aesthetic. It does come off jarring, so I can understand why it, you know kind, somebody else might not like. He kind of looked like a mutant out of Black Sun. I won't lie. He kind of yeah. did. Kinda well, look, did. He, he was um, a mutant from Black Sun with a higher budget. Let's be real. <laughs> he, the, no, that, this is where Bill Jenya's like budget all went to. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but like again, I I liked all of the Ogs again, like design wise. There was just something really cool about how they incorporated certain things into their suits. Like, I love Spider Og having like zippers to hide his fucking Spider Og rules. That that was just cool. Like, I I love that idea. And them being somewhat practical also looked really fucking nice. So mm. it was interesting to see how they worked around certain things for the Ogs. Like again, or like um, with Waspog. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Nice. Like with Waspog. I don't know. There was something about her helmet that just really stuck out. Like, this is just, this just looks really nice. And again, the fact that they're all helmets just helps too. So they don't have to be like held back by, oh, but this is their actual face. No, it's just helmets. And I like that. Yeah. I do like that. Uh, I guess if we're going to rank them. Um... They're all shit. Zero out of ten. Black Sun forever. <laughs> said no one ever. Uh, no, said redacted. Oh yeah, said uh redacted. The guy on YouTube who redacted his own redacted. Yeah, I can't say that rumor that's been going around, but uh, but go on. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, okay. So honestly, I I would say that uh S- Spider Man is the best looking fucking kaijin in the movie, and everybody else is uh. Everybody else is kind of a step down, personally, except for Rider Zero, who's kind of like right in between for me. Yeah, Spider uh, Kaijin really does. I just, I, I feel like Spider Kaijin, since it was like the first one, they're like, all right, we need to put everything into this. Absolutely. Well, I mean, because like initially, the Spider Og was the one that we initially did see in the first, like preview or like teasers of, for the movie back in what 2021. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. It's true, yes. There was uh they were the he was the very first one they showed off, so it's not a surprise that he's the one they put the most effort into. Um he's also the one that deviates the most from the original design, I would say, too, which is an interesting idea. I think other than like the kind of tendrils on his head, he really doesn't look anything like Spider Man in the original. Or as everybody else is recognizable at least as the original Kaijin with Maybe the exception of Scorpion Woman, but uh, she sucked anyway, so who cares? Uh, I think, honestly, if I had to rank them, I'd say Spider-Man at the top, uh, Rider Zero, the Shocker Riders, uh, Mantis Chameleon in terms of design, uh, Batman, 
Or actually, no, I'd put Wasp Woman over Batman, then Mantis Chameleon as a character, and then Scorpion Woman. Yeah, I, I'd say that's mm. about right. Okay, okay. Mm. Except you're wrong! <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, you're, you're right. I That's exactly my ranking, too. Um... I I I will say the I'll, I'll sorry Lucas I was just gonna say like I will say there was some that the, if there is a spider og as a trigger art I think that's probably like the only kaijin figure I'll ever buy. So well they haven't made it yet but they already did do uh, let's see they did uh, Kamen Rider one Kamen Rider two they did Hongo Takeshi without his helmet and the cloth scarf because I couldn't just do it the first time friggin. Um, they did the bikes. They, um, yeah, that's that's actually kind of about it. They've only done about oh, yeah. five, four releases. I'm fairly certain at some point we're gonna get other suits. The kaijin or like the augs, I don't know yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if they if they do it. So, oh, you you know one of them is just gonna be Ichimonji with the updated suit. Oh, you know, definitely for sure. There's no. I, I have a feeling it's gonna be right. Ichimonji with the updated suit, and also Ichimonji in his current original suit with his cloth scarf. And then they're gonna do. Uh, they're gonna do a Hongo Takashi with his leg fucking snapped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Just you. It only bends the wrong way, Chad. It doesn't bend right. It only bends the wrong way. <laughs> you know what? They can already just put in the articulation or make that like an effects piece for like the current helmetless Hongo uh, Takeshi that's currently up for oh, pre-order but on premiumbonsai.com. Chad, 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 how long have you been buying SH figure art? You know, they're, they're gonna be, that's a whole new figure, buddy. Shut up. It's another $60 you gotta pay, buddy. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. <laughs> you know what? That, no, Get that camera ready, baby. You no, know fine. No, here's the case. If that's the case, why didn't they do Black Sun in his wheelchair? <laughs> why, did, why didn't they have Black Sun come with ketamine? That's because he come. That's the thing with like no, like uh, freaking Kotaro. Like they they release his uh, human form in figure arts, and it comes with heat heaven. But no ketamine. Hey, they need you to find that stuff on their own. They can't market it like right there in public. I mean. I know a guy, so okay. <laughs> yeah, it's me. Well, you're the ketamine. This, this is this yes. is not a surprise. But anyways, also, we're, quick, we're digressing quick, quick, now. I was gonna say just super quick segue. Has anybody else gotten those ads for ketamine therapy? This no, is a thing, I don't by get the way. Ads. I don't get ads anymore. This is a thing, by the way. Um, for some reason, there's a thing called ketamine therapy now. Huh. Um, I don't get it. But you do you, boo boo. Uh, so as we were saying, Lucas, mm-hmm. go go on. You were saying something. Oh, I was just gonna ask Chad for his odd ranking. Okay, the odd ranking. Okay. Yeah. Um, definitely obvious choice. The Kumo Ogu or like the Spider Ogu first. Um, gonna say Wasp in second actually, because the way they portray her, especially with the katana and also the helmet. That like lights up. That's that one was really cool. Um, uh, third, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Rider Zero or Chol Ogu or Butterfly Og. Um, the Shocker Riders. Let's be real, they're just Shocker Riders at this point. I I don't want to call them Grasshopper Ogs. Um, the KK Og or like Chameleon, Kamakiri Chameleon. 
Oh, careful! You're one k. You're one k short there, bud. Okay. Jesus. Okay then. Anyways. Jesus. Well, he was after Nazi gold in the original. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. So the KK Og, um, that one, design wise, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, total waste of a character. Didn't really care, but at least the fight was kind of cool. And uh, last, uh, Scorpion, because unlike popular belief, I was not filled with ecstasy. I was not filled with super ecstasy. It's um. It was a failure of a party time. True enough. I will say, though, uh, I am kind of mad because you ruined the joke. I was going to say, but Chad, you forgot the grasshopper og. (laughs) (sighs) You know what? It also just kind of makes you wonder, like, all these people from the past Shin movies, like, I I feel kind of bad for, like, Scorp or, like, um, the Sasori or, like, the Scorpion og. Because she's just the main lead from, like, Shin Ultra. It's just like, True. wow, they only got her back for, like, one scene. I'm going to kill her off. You know what's really funny? It's called Shin... I mean, to be fair, they did bring back the female lead from Shin Godzilla to play Ichiro's mom, and then they killed her off. Oh, so wait, that, that. Well, oh, that was her. Yeah. That's why yeah. she looked familiar. Oh, yeah, that, there were there a lot of brief segue from talking about the, uh, the Augs. There were a lot of, oh, hey, it's that guys in this movie. Like, just to go down the quick list of the ones I can remember off the top of my head. Ignoring the obvious two of, uh... uh, uh Tachiban and Taki. Kaminaga and Glass. Yeah. I was gonna Dude, say, ignoring the, the obvious two. two immediately forgets the names. Ignoring the obvious two. Let's see, uh... Spider-Man was Ichi the Killer. Yeah. Uh, Professor Midorikawa was the director and lead of Tetsuo the Iron Yeah! <laughs> uh, the founder of Shocker was... He was in a bunch of movies, like really like obscurish pseudo like like weird schizo action like each of the I think he was in Ichi the Killer too, but he was in a lot of movies like that in the early nineties, but a lot of ones that I remember that not come in the head, uh, mind immediately. Um Batman was he's been in a couple of different uh, he was in Keitai Sosakon. Uh, as a villain of the week, and he was in, I think, Double Decade as the villain of that. Movie oh, too. wasn't he oh, uh, the, um, the, the guy of uh, Dummy Dopont, right? No, yeah, what, yeah, wasn't, he was that guy. Wasn't he? And then uh, uh, he was the he, the dude with the sound wave. Yeah, I was gonna so say great. he's the sound wave guy. I I only know this because you mentioned this. Uh, Mantis Chameleon was. Somebody who ha- is in the, I think he's in the live action version of Inuyashiki, but I I haven't watched that, so I don't know. Waspone was somebody else, but I can't remember. Um, who else was? Oh yeah, uh, the guy who played Hongo's dad played Ano in Blue Blazes, which I thought was really fucking funny when I found that out. Let's see. Um, uh, K was voiced by Matsuzaka Tori. Yes, and that's who I was going to end it off oh. with is uh, K, who is voiced by him, who is, for those who don't know, Shinken Red. Uh, so it's nice to see him in a, something again, too. Uh, so yeah, those like those are just the ones I remember immediately off the also, top of my head. Um, I'm sure there's a bunch more that I Actually, missed. Ichigo and Nigo, actually. Um, Ikematsu oh, yeah, Sosuke right. was in The Last Samurai. He played a child role back in that movie. In that international film back then. And then uh, Nigo... He's actually the real-life grandson, I believe, of the... I want to say it was the grandma from Ryuki, actually. 
That's right. Yes, I heard about that. Well, there you go. Ain't that funny? Ain't it funny? <sighs> so, actually, that's a really good segue because it's called Shin Common Rider, and Ichimoji broke his shin. Hey. Oh, no, that was Hongo. Well, he broke Hongo's shin. Okay, okay, that's what you meant. Okay. Wow, Chad. Wow. Mm-hmm. I need to fact check you, sir. Just ruining it, Chad. Chad, look. Chad, look. Yeah? I'm not Phil. I know who I'm talking about. Do you know? I. I do. Do you? I do, actually. That's how I know that the original author of Common Writer was George Lucas. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> God, could you imagine that shit? Oh, fuck. Uh, but yes, Ichimonji, who I, for some reason, the first time I saw it, I thought it was fucking Mock from Drive. And it really freaked me the fuck out. I was like, ah. Well, what, at least, <laughs> I can see well, it. Well, you know what? At least he's getting work. Uh, yeah, Ichimonji. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> Good, good fucking God, what a Chad this dude was. No Chad. Yes. I'm right here, though, guys. Yes. Yes? Well, then you're you're writer, too, now. Yeah, Sorry. Sorry, Chad. Oh. You're mock now. <laughs> Ew. Does that mean you're racist? Okay, you know what? Ironic, ironic <laughs> thing. This is going to date the podcast just a little bit. But, uh, yeah, we got word that's, um, mutt or, like, um, See, Morishita Masakazu, oh no, Morita Masakazu is going to be coming to Anime Expo in July. Uh, he played Ichigo from Bleach, he played Whis from Dragon Ball, and he played Bano Tenjudo from Dr- Kamen Rider Drive. So. And he was also Titus in Final Fantasy X. And. and... We're, we're, we're digressing. And. Yes, yes we are. <laughs> And? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I wasn't going to say anything. I just wanted to say and. Anyways, Ichimonji. He's cool. Simple as that. He's just kind of, he's just a cool dude. He's, he's such a bastard. I love this man. It's so weird because, like, he also comes the fuck out of fucking nowhere, but it works with him because it's like, yeah, I kind of just, I kind of just like the guy. He's a, bitch he's just a fucking asshole but i love him but he's a lovable asshole mm. he's great i i love i love ichimoji he's he's so fucking good i love him uh i will say it much much like the original show i do think it's really interesting how they basically just skip most of the entire like emotional onslaught and the uh like the emotional journey that hongo goes through and they, they basically skip that over one scene and then suddenly he's just he's just big dick on campus for the rest of the movie, which which is basically how it was in the show where they completely skipped over the entire like origin story and Ichimanji coming to grips with his humanity shit just so he can f- immediately go to fight monsters and just say fuck you to everybody, which to be fair is pretty much every secondary writer now. It's true, but at least it was cool when Ichimanji did it. Uh, to, not not to blatantly steal a joke from Twitter, but uh, I saw this tweet and it was really funny and I want to steal it. Uh, where somebody said, you can understand that Ong- uh, Ongo, Ano understood Hongo as a character because everybody's talking about this movie, talking about his emotional journey and the way it reflects his character. And then you see how everybody's talking about Ichimanji and all they're saying is, by God, this man is based. And you know what? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> 
I, I see. There's not really a lot to say about him other than he's just a cool dude. I just like him. Absolutely. Uh, and that's really about it. I mean, li- literally, guys. There's not much to say about Ichimonji than other than he's cool. He's a cool dude. He's a cool guy. He kicks people. We all like him. Uh, Everybody loves Ichimonji. I don't. He wants to fuck his sister and drive. It was just a, it's a fun time all around. It's a fun time all around. Uh, so who's next? Um, I think from there it was. Well, uh, are, are we still going to cover all the Ogs, or did we already cover them? I mean, we t- I don't think we really covered any of them beyond. Well, I think we kind of got true. sidetracked. But then again, like I feel like they're all mostly kind of one note, though. We went with mm. we went with the designs, not the characters. Okay. But if you want, we can do a quick lightning round for all the Ogs. So it's easy enough. So we'll, let's just go <coughs> chronological order. Like Spider-Man. Mm. He's Spider-Man. He's got arms. He's responsible with them. I liked I liked the his very cold calculating personality. I liked uh he ta- you can tell he like he takes pleasure in what he does, but he's not like sadistic or insane or anything about it. I liked that angle they went with him. I'll say this, and this also applies to uh, Scorpion. I'm both not surprised but disappointed that a lot of the personality and a lot of the story elements that happen to him in the manga don't carry over to the movie. Mm. More so, because, like, again, I've been reading the manga, and I know Chad's yeah. been reading it too, where uh, Spider-Man is a very fully formed character in that, and he has a very interesting backstory, and the way that that kind of led him into becoming part of Shocker and his fall to basically being the full monster that he is and rejecting his humanity. And none of that at all is relevant to the movie at all. And I can't say I'm not surprised, but I'm also kind of a little disappointed because I thought he was a really interesting character and it would have been interesting to see that reflected in the movie too. I think mm. I think that is going to be something that unfortunately is a sticking point for a lot of people. And it might be for me once I actually read the manga. Is that a lot of things that are in the manga apparently, <clears throat> from what I'm told, sound like they would be so much more interesting if they were put in the movie. Now I know. Mm. Don't get me wrong. I know. Time constraints and all this other bullshit. But I feel like there are certain things that I'm missing out on from that that I should not be missing out on if you know what I mean yeah yeah it's it's kind of the old thing of that I mean to be fair we I, we complain about it all the time on the show where it's like well that's a great idea I wish it was in the show wish it was here so that it explained it to me because not many people are even going to know there's a prequel manga in fact I'm guaranteeing you that 90% of the people who watch this movie don't even know there's a prequel manga so a lot of that stuff is just going to be like, just go by the wayside and no one's really going to underst- like know about it. They're going to know about it if mm. they listen to us because, you know, we're smart. But, yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, they're not going to understand, like, certain things about, like, uh, like how you told me about a scorpion lady. Like, that sounds like such an interesting thing that I wish they could have put more into the movie, but it's not. And now I kind of feel like I'm missing out on something that should have been in the movie. And maybe it was mm. at one point. I don't know. It's possible. I know we've got a shit ton of footage that didn't get to put in. So, so for all I know, there, it could have been in the movie. It's just Anna couldn't, like, slide it in. I mean, who, again, I think it's one of those things where 
I'm holding a lot of like legitimate criticism that I have until mm. I see. I hate. To, I know we use it as a joke. Until we see the Ano cut, to see like what he threw out and what he's going to keep in to keep in the movie fully. So I guess I'll see what happens then. But for now, it's like eh, I, w- I wish you at least would have put it in there, bud. Hmm. Yeah. Uh. Moving on from Spider Man, uh, Batman, Bat Og. Uh, <laughs> he. Honestly, he's the one of the other characters. He feels like a Showa era villain in that he's very one note and doesn't really have a particularly coherent scheme or anything. And he's not the most interesting villain, unfortunately. That's being very generous. I really like the design. Honestly, I liked the design myself. But uh, yeah, he's uh, there's not much to really talk about with him, unfortunately. He's de- he's again. It's like you said. He's very one note. I I don't want to be like that, but I do feel like I don't think I would have missed way much if he was not in the movie. We would have missed some things, but I feel like I I would not be weeping if we did not have him in the movie. You know what I mean? I I like him, and I like that he's a little bit of a contrast, and I like that he's not a fighter. Uh, like he's kind of like a scientist he kind of has this evil scheme with his bat virus but yeah i think he would be the one i would excise like in the script phase uh like that seems like the obvious one of like we can cut him and then give the other guys a little bit more room to breathe he honestly you know you you kind of gave me this idea he feels like the guy who would be in the promotional manga if you know what i mean like he's he's the promotional manga villain Honestly, I can see why they didn't cut him because he's he's the guy, you know. In every common writer thing, there has to be the spider one, there has to be the bat one, the scorpion one, and then usually if you have space, you either do wasp or cobra. And so so spider and bat are like the two ones that you always have to do. So I understand why they're in here. They're 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 the required kaijin types. Mm-hmm. But I agree that, like, as a character and narratively, he just doesn't hold interest for as long as it's he is in the, uh, blah, 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 for as much as he's in the movie. See, you know, <clears throat> he would have worked better if this was paced out like Shin Ultraman, where it was like an episode compilation kind of thing. But since mm. this is like a coherent narrative, like a linear coherent narrative, it just it just feels a bit jarring. Um, then we go to Wasp. The waspy woman. Uh, real, real quick, yeah. uh, real quick, because I have to derail this conversation with me noticing things. Uh, did anybody else find it really suspicious how uh, how his whole thing was about creating global pandemics? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I was trying, yeah. buddy. Yeah. I've been trying this yeah. whole time not to make the joke that his whole plan was just to give everyone COVID. What? What what did Anno mean by this? No, uh, let's the just put same it this way. That the, yeah. It wouldn't be an Anno movie or an Anno work without the without the commentary. The, it would be the You're right. It's the same thing that Kinoshita meant when he put that arc in revise. <laughs> <laughs> they he ghost wrote that scene, Jay. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> no, and you know what? This was around the same time. Oh so no, it was, was kind of. Um, but yes, to Wasp Woman, uh, 
I, sorry to say this, uh, I still fucking hate her fight because it hurt my eyes. I I like the idea. Interesting. I like the ideas, but her her fight really started to hurt my eyes. I don't know if it was just because I watched it like early in the morning or what, but good god, the way that my fight was moving, I felt like I was on I was in a fucking vomit. There was something about it, man. I don't know. It's it's really weird, but God, that fight hurt me really bad, which is weird because I actually like the ending of that fight, but <coughs> the middle portion where she's going fucking, she's going fucking, <laughs> Professor Zoom, <laughs> it's just a bit like, uh, uh, well, don't uh, you like the updated graphics for the clock up system? You know what? <laughs> You're right, but no, Ano is a Kabuto. Fan. I know. Fuck off. <laughs> oh wait, he put Zabi in his movie. Yeah, he also put kick, kick hopper and punch hopper in there too. Shout you know out when you all think shots. about it? You know when you think about it, Jay? Lost Woman is as much of a horror as Zabi was. You're right. God damn. What did Anno mean by this? No. Uh <laughs> I'll say this much. I enjoyed it more on a second viewing because I was able to focus on it a little yeah. bit better. I can agree that it I really like what Anno did. The uh like the weird steady cam kind of effect where it's it's focusing on one specific detail like it's doing and he kind of does this a lot with like uh he does this with batman and he does this with one of the other fights too he does this a little bit with but um where it's like it's focusing oh, they do they do it with like the shocker writers too where they focus on a specific detail and they steady that while everything else is moving and it's very it's very uncanny and it's a very deliberate uncanny. And I think that really works. I think it's a really unique style, but like, yeah, it, it's definitely a little distracting, especially with Wasp Woman do the, uh, the neon effects. So I enjoyed that more on a second viewing when I kind of understood more better what I was looking at. But, uh, yeah, no, on a, on a first viewing, it's, uh, not the most pleasant experience. I mean, to be I like, think- a, yeah, go for it. Sorry, Lucas. I think I'll try not to ramble on too much, but outside of the fight, I think this whole section uh, is the one I like the most. I, I really enjoy this whole like wasp portion of the movie. Uh, like I like when they get to the town. Uh, I, I like that whole opening. It's so fun. Uh, the initial meeting with wasp is so fun. And I especially love uh, like my favorite bit of camera work in the movie is when uh, she kind of gets augmented, sucks up the minion's prana, uh, and the camera goes handheld, and it's just whipping between Common Rider and Wasp a, a thousand times. Uh, I think that little confrontation is so fun. Uh, and yeah, I, I love the look of the fight, uh, and, and I feel like she is the most fleshed out in terms of character. Um, uh, uh, I think her connection with Rory is really fun. Not fun, uh, but I, I think it's the most <laughs> compelling uh, I think her death is actually like really effectively constructed, uh, and, and I think it's not necessarily a betrayal by the suits, but it is, uh, it, it is a little bit sad uh, that Common Rider goes out of his way to let her live, uh, and it's for nothing, uh, and we still have to see her die. I was a little sad. I like Wasp. Like I think, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah, gosh. Anyways. Yeah, like, I think that, especially that battle with the Hachiog, um, pretty much, it's kind of an interesting take on how they adapt to the source material, because, obviously, Shocker took innocent humans, or, like, 
even loved ones or family members that were basically converted into, like, I guess, uh, modified humans, right? Or cyborgs, or however you want to call them back then. <laughs> and I think, especially now, like, that adaptation of... Or, like, this one, it hits the same notes, but in a different way. And I actually, I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's... It's she had to die out of necessity for their mission of taking down Shocker, but it is still sad. Uh, and also, I was just thrilled Common Rider uh, wields a sword at one point in this movie. Uh, the little sword fight is so fun. And then the, the second uh, portion of the fight, uh, when, yes, Wasp goes insane mode. Uh, I love that. I understand, AJ, you not liking the fight, but I think it's so cool. <laughs> It's just, it's, it hurts my eyes, man. It's, it's one of those things where it just hurts my Skill eyes. Skill issue. Get on uh, our level, like AJ. On, it's more like Ano should probably fucking edit better issue. Uh, but now we go to uh, come a chameleon. Chameleon, man. Uh, I, fuck, fuck chameleon, man. Fuck him. What a fucking waste of a character. Actually, speaking of waste of character, we completely skipped over Scorpion Woman. Um, yeah, because we talked about her just as much as she was important. <laughs> that's fair. I, I again, like this more especially than Spider-Man. Her, I fucking hated her compared to the manga because she's really interesting and really fun in the manga, and she's absolutely nothing like in the manga here. And I don't, I like, I'm going to guess that there's some shit that happens in between where the manga's at and the movies that we're missing. Because uh, she's definitely not okay in the head in either. Really? But gosh, she's so fucking annoying. Like, Jay, and Jay, I, Jay. I really... She is, a, she is a poster child for mental health. <laughs> she's so, <sighs> she's so okay in the membrane. You know what? I, did I, th I think even more than her, I really... I really didn't like her costume. No, I hated the I, costume I agree. too. If it if it didn't have the fucking like white face mask with the scorpion on it, I think her costume would, would look better. That being said, I didn't think it was cute how the scorpion on her head corresponded with her own movements. That was kind of, that was that was clever. I'll give it that. But everything else about it was disgusting. The design was almost there. The headpiece needed work. Mm. I also liked I also liked her little squad of shocker goons. I loved them. See, it's weird because oh, yeah, she the was lady shocker She was definitely one of those scenes where I think it kind of took the wind out of people's sails in the theater because no one really expected her to get fucking jobbed out like that that hard. Like everyone thought, "Oh, they're cut, you know, like I think I remember mentioning this to Jay the first time I saw the movie." Where like People thought, oh, you know, fucking, um, what do you call it? Like, oh, like they're cutting away because they can't show you how disgusting she's killing these people. Oh my God. Mm. But like, no, she's just, she's dead. She's just dead. I guess. Yeah. Cause Sorry guys. She died. Like, honestly. Like it. I, I if they played it more, I'm sorry to cut yeah. off real quick there, Chad. If they played it more as like a joke, I think it would have worked. But no, no, they played it too serious. I, I think, I think I am a little, I am half disappointed that Common Rider didn't confront one of the Ogs. Uh, but also, I do think the gag at the end, the punchline of the suits walking out and saying like, "Oh, take it care of," I do think that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. But again, it's. I, I feel like it's still 
No, I'm not going to use that because Jay's going to kill me. I do it. It kind of Ryan. Coward. It Ryan Johnson just a bit. <laughs> you knew I was going there, motherfucker. You knew it. it, it uh, I'm going to be honest. No, I didn't expect that one. That's actually a good one. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're not wrong. They definitely. It, it did feel like it was a subversion for subversion's sake. Yeah, and again, I. It just sucks because I again. When she came on screen, I won't lie. Even I was like, "Ooh, who's this now? What the fuck? Oh, ooh, sexy scorpion lady. She's gonna sting bitches." And she did. This makes AJ's penis become the big penis. AJ. No, not yet. That's that, AJ, that, that, I, that's Phil territory. Never in my life did I expect you to go any degree into Phil ter- territory. I I no, I was more interested because like, oh wow, she's actually like psychotic villain chick i'm like all right i'm kind of into seeing what she's gonna do and then she has like that squad of like shocker grunts and i'm like oh okay okay let's let's see where this goes and then she's dead she's dead Mm. she gets fucking she gets cartelled fucking hard but whatever then we get to coco melon we get to coco melon who's a fucking (laughs) shitty character and i hate him and it was shit the only good thing he, he talks like a fucking zoom. The only thing he did I, was die like he should have. I'm I'm gonna defend Mantis Chameleon. I think I think he rocks. Um I think well I will say I love his design. I think he's really funny. Uh I like that he wields knives. Uh but yeah, it, it like Scorpion, I wish he had more time. Like if the Scorpion segment was like twenty minutes. Uh, and we really get to know him, and his revenge mission really feels justified, uh, and we get in his head a little bit. I think it would have been a lot of fun, um, and I think it would have also been fun to have uh, an Og that's completely devoid of sympathy, where it's just, this guy is a weird freak psycho, uh, which feels like a perfect uh, introduction to Comrade 2 of, yeah, he's just going to waste him. He's just going to punch him through a mile of concrete and kill him. Uh, like that would be so fun as just like this is the one og we won't feel bad about killing. I I understand that, but I also feel it kind of goes into the bat og territory where he honestly kind of feels like a promotional side villain that should not have had that much screen time because they try too hard to present him as a serious villain. If it was just, oh, he comes in, <laughs> I'm going to fuck your mother, and Ichimonji just throws him through a fucking wall, then that's great, fine, whatever. Honestly, you know what? Fair. If they had switched his positions with Scorpion Girl, I think I would have been much better with that. Because then I would have been like, all right, well, he's he's a fucking abomination even amongst Oggs, and he gets fucking murdered off screen as a joke because he is a joke. That's mm. fine. And then give Scorpion Woman an actual fucking, you know, segment of the movie. You know what I mean? I feel like if we switched that, that would have been better. Because as is now, it's like, yeah, why is he like the penultimate bad guy before we get to the main villain? Like, what the fuck? Like, why is this guy here? Yeah, it's it's really annoying because like he shows up right after Wasp Woman dies. And he like he goes on this fucking little rant about like, I want revenge for for kumawag senpai for some reason we never really learn why he's so obsessed with kumawag just that we're this we we do the same job so that means we're the same 
for some reason. And then all he all he really does in the movie is TF2 spy backstab Ruriko. Shut up. And then he immediately <laughs> Shut up. It. Damn it, bro. <laughs> you were thinking. Oh, it. he's not it's not inaccurate. Let's put it that way. This this fight could be anyone. <laughs> it could be you. It could be me. Fuck off. He he fucking kills Ruriko. He's like, well, off to see your mother. <laughs> off to hang myself. Um <laughs> But you're right. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, other than that, like he—that's all he does—is kill Ruriko, and then he immediately jobs the fuck out to Ichimanji. So he was completely irrelevant, he even really, put up in the a grand scheme. Fight. No, he whips out his knives, and Ichimanji smashes his stupid helmet immediately, and then spends the rest of the ni- fight killing him with his own knives. He—he—he <laughs> he, he sucks. He's so fucking lame. That's what I'm saying. If we had switched positions where he was the joke that got murderized, that would have been fine. But no, he mm. has to be the penultimate before we get to Butterfly Bloke over here. And it's like, man, what the fuck? Why? It doesn't help that he kind of looks like fucking Captain Frog or whatever the fuck his name is uh, from Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> that got you good. <laughs> he does kind of look. He like does. Frog, man. It, he looks. It looks even more like him when he has his mask broken, though. Well, to be fair, much like Frogman, uh, he once killed a man just to see how it felt. <laughs> okay. Um, Anyways. Um, oh, you have you never seen that panel? Hold oh on, my god. Anyways, um, so after Frogman, which is what I'm going to call him from now on. Uh, so after Frogman. Oh, we for, we didn't talk about the uh, writer one, writer two fight, did we? Uh, oh, uh, right. Which fucks so hard. Yeah, you can say that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess you can say that. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was a cool fight. It it was all right. It was all right. No, it was the best I, of the CG. AJ, AJ, did you not like it? I think it went a bit too D- Dragon Ball Z for a second there. I understand why narratively shut the fuck up, you fucking Twitter mongoloids. I understand why they did it the way they did. But for the fight between Rider 1 and Rider 2, I don't know, man. There was something about it where I'm just like, could, could we not have had the suit actors fight for like 10 seconds? Could we not have done that? I, I had the exact thought. I, I was a little disappointed by That's that. That's true. Like, again, like the CG didn't look bad. The fight animation didn't look bad none of it looked bad it was just to me it's like could we not have had them actually like irl in suit practical fight even even if you wanted to mix it between cg and real life that's fine it's just i i want to see them fucking throw at it man like come on what are you doing here let's let's see some fucking punches land like it was that kind of thing like again narratively i know why they did it that way that's fine i get it it's just the 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 inside me it's just like i i would have much preferred it if it was practical maybe that was that was too expensive maybe ano just didn't it didn't fit with ano's vision i don't know it just there was that little trickle of me where i'm just like man you could have had at least a couple of scenes on the ground with them punching each other it didn't have to all be cg pretty much like, I will say this, I feel like the Ichigo and Yigo fight are probably, it's probably the best of the CG fights. Yeah, mm. I mean, that, yes, that, that I, I will say that, it is the best one, 
I just think it shouldn't have been a CG fight. Oh, no. At least 100%. not entirely CG. Like, I think it's this fight and another fight that I think shouldn't have been CG. But, um, if anything, we'll get to that fight really soon. But, yeah, no, like, that one definitely should have been more, like, traditional hand-to-hand combat with the suit actors. I, I, I feel that way, too. Again... The CG doesn't look bad. Mm. Again, like, like anybody who hears this, like the CG is not a bad. It's not bad CG. Honestly, it's not. It's just, it's not what I fuck. It's not what I wanted out of a writer one, writer two fight. It's it's it. It just didn't. No, fit right. I mean I. I can understand why they went a little more extravagant with it because they they're just that powerful. They have to go full DBZ, but. At the other hand, I will again. I will agree. I wish it was more practical fighting. I wish it was more practical stunts and effects with that fight, especially with Anna. Uh, this might this might be something that is was skipped over in fate lieu of the Anno cut, where because I know there's a bunch of shots of the two like posing for fights that weren't in the movie, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, this might be something that got completely excised for theatrical cuts. So who knows? You know, you, again, that, that's that's the sucky thing is that we don't we don't know what the Anno cut entails until it comes out on Blu-ray. But as is now, as the package is now, it is a bit disappointing. I I I I can't say anything else other than again the fight itself looks cool. It does look good, and I love the soundtrack and what, which we'll get to. I like it. It's just. I just wish it was practical. Though, that kind of draws into the next fight after Coco Melon, which is the Shocker Rider fight. Okay, the Shocker oh. Rider fights. Oh my god. Yeah, so that one I can definitely say that there was, there were three different, or like there were three scenes that were filmed. The one that we saw in the theaters in the tunnel is one of them. I have no idea why they chose to go with that one, but, um, yeah, so pretty much, I, I want to say it was either in the original TV series or the manga, there's, like, either a, a manga panel or, like, a scene where uh, Hongo is actually ambushed by them on a cliff, and yes. it was, like, kind of raining, mm. and that's, like, all live action, no CG done there, supposedly. There are screen caps of it. It's out there. Yeah. That's one of the deleted scenes. The other deleted scene is in a factory setting, and you have Ichigo and Nigo fighting the Shocker Riders with practical stunts. It is hell of a lot easier to see in, because it's actually it's freaking daylight, or cloudy daylight, I guess. And like, I know that exists, but I, for the love of me, I don't know why they chose the CG. Again, I, on a second viewing still, it's really fucking hard to see sometimes, man. It's way too fucking dark. Like, I don't <coughs> understand. For your first fight with Ichigo and Nigo as a team, it should not have looked that way. It, it did not have the impact that they wanted it to have. Because, like, the whole time I thought, oh, they're going to start it off in darkness. And, like, they're going to get out of the tunnel. And you're going to be able to see everything. And it's going to be all hubba-baloo. But no, it was all CG, dark. It was like, what the fuck is this? And I should have been really excited because, you know, it's Rider 1 and 2 fighting Shocker Riders. This is going to be fucking awesome. But it, it really wasn't. 
it yeah i think this is my low point of the movie i think this is the only thing i outright don't like i yes it should have been on a location practical in daylight um or even if it's at nighttime or indoors uh it the visuals should be legible Mm -hmm. uh where it is it is way too dark and it is like like after the fight kind of concludes there's a shot where uh the common writers are being illuminated by fire and it was like there shouldn't be a reprieve of like oh finally i can see something on screen <laughs> exactly that should that should that should not maybe this is too harsh but that should not happen in a movie no it shouldn't um, of course not I, I should i should at all times be able to like discern what is happening on screen so yeah and, and it should be yes it should have been just they they end up at a location uh before their confrontation with uh butterfly og they're confronted by these uh, shocker writers, uh, and yes, they have an awesome fight. Uh, it just seems it, it does seem baffling to me that that isn't how it unfolds. Exactly. See, this is this is weird. Where I'm going to be an outlier and say I actually liked the shocker writer sequence. Mm-hmm. I will agree that out of the three that we could have gotten, because I know I've seen parts of the uh, the factory fight that Chad yeah. was mentioning. The predominantly CG one is definitely the weakest of the three outcomes, but I still really liked it myself. In terms of, like, visibility, this is something that is very weirdly inconsistent, I've heard. Where I have no fucking, like, in both of my viewings, I had absolutely no trouble seeing everything at all. I mean, there were definitely, like, there was, like, a one or two shots that were really, like, intentionally dark, like, uh... After the cyclone explosion and you get the six shocker writers standing across from writer one and writer two, like that was definitely really dark, but that's, I think was like, it might've been deliberate because he, 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 all you see is their glowing red I eyes. I really want to know what the, what the projection at your theater was like. Cause again, you're like literally, and I mean this literally the only person who can, who has said that it looked fine. Everybody else I asked. No, that's weird. Like, I've heard, I've seen other people saying it's fine. I've seen other people saying it's really consistent. Maybe I just have really good vision. I don't know. Maybe, I had no trouble at all seeing. It could have been the projection. It, it possibly. I don't know. Because none of like none of the colors or anything else seemed like blown out or too bright or otherwise. It's just that specific scene that everybody else is saying was an issue. I had no issue with in both screenings. So maybe it's just me. Maybe I just have decent eyesight, like that I can pick shit out in pure darkness, even in a film print. Who knows? I don't fucking know. But yeah, like that's the only, like that's the weird thing is that like, and I'm not trying to like fuck with you guys. I'm not trying to make myself seem better. I legitimately had no issues seeing that. And I agree, you know, I'm not going to say that it's, you know, Obviously, it's skill issue, of course, but I, I'm not going to say that, like, this is specifically, like, a you versus me thing. Like, I I agree with you guys. I believe you when you say that you had trouble seeing it. I, because of my own experience, I can't say that I agree with that. And that's so weird. Again, I feel like but, it might have just been, I think it might be a projection thing. Because, again, like, so t- just to just to preface this. I talked to a lot of people who watched it here in my town. Um, we'll, we'll get to our theater experiences in a bit, but I just want to bring this up for, for reference. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> I talked to the, a, a few people here in my town after 
the the second time I watched it because I actually did go to the second screening. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, I I had somehow time to go to the second screening. Um, Lucky. I don't even know how it happened. But the first and second time, I did ask people like, "Hey, was that dark?" And they're like, "Yeah, I I can't see shit. I couldn't see anything." Like one of the guys there was like, "Yeah, I it felt like." I, granted, he wears glasses, so you know maybe there's something there. But like, he couldn't see a thing. Like literally, like besides the glowy parts, it's like I didn't know what I was looking at. It was like a black screen the whole time. And a lot of people that I have asked. In the Texas area, so just to preface this, this is Texas I'm talking about. A lot of people who have gone to see it in Texas have said the exact same thing, that it was way too fucking dark, like way too much. So I don't know if it really is just a projection issue where maybe the projection that we were using just couldn't define shapes in darkness enough. Or maybe the projection that y'all's uh, theater was using, like, you know, yours, Jay, specifically. Maybe it's just a higher quality type of projection. I don't know, but it's it's this seems to be something that, like, <laughs> I don't want to say every copy of Shin Kamen Rider is personalized, but it really does come off like... I wouldn't hold it past But it really that. does come off like certain people either can or cannot see it. And it's like, I don't know if it's just a screening thing, a projection thing, or... If it's just some people's eyes can just adjust to the darkness that well, I don't know. I mean, it's, po- knows? it's possible. And ju- like, just to clarify again, like I went to two completely different theaters for each okay. showing. So it's not even like I went to the same theater with the same screens and setups. They were completely different theaters. So I have no idea. Maybe it's just the, the prints they set out to theaters in this region for Faye of them. Maybe it's just the way they're set up over here. Maybe it's just me. Actually, I don't wait, know. You know, it's funny you mentioned that, actually. Do you remember? I, I remember I mentioned this to you in the review. Do you remember when I said the same thing about Shin Ultraman, though? That there were some scenes that looked weirdly lit. But in the version that I got, it looked perfectly fine. So... Maybe, maybe. Yeah, actually, I remember that. So maybe now. that is a thing. Maybe like on the Blu-ray version, it's gonna be like completely legible and it'll be fine. But I don't know, dude. It's, that's the. It's like, it's one of those like weird like, like divisive things mm. that like I don't think anyone's completely wrong or right. I think it's just something weird went on there. I don't know. <coughs> Excuse me. Who can say? No, it's. But uh. On to the actual sequence itself. No, I really liked it. I mean, I, I'll definitely say I wish it was one of the two that were all entirely practical. It being predominantly CG was mm, not great. I think the CG aspects work to make mostly to make the uh, the Shocker writers seem that much more inhuman. Like the way they do like this overly synchronized movement like when they're uh they're chasing rider one down the tunnel and they're doing their leans and they're taking the corners exactly the same in the exact same timing like that was really creepy and that really helped sell just like just how wrong the shocker riders are conceptually i really liked that idea i thought it was really interesting and um the just absolutely inhuman lack of any kind of emotion, just pure kill aspect of the writers was really good. Like it, they were really sh- super brutal too. Uh, 
honestly, I think the most violent part of that sequence is when uh, one of the Shocker Riders pins down Rider 1 and starts point-blank mag-dumping into the back of his head with his, uh, I think it was like an MP5, some machine gun type weapon. I don't really know guns. But he's just standing there mag-dumping into Rider 1's forehead as all the other Shocker Riders cycle around him. Which loses some of its impact that Rider 1 is just completely no-selling the gunfire anyways, but... I mean, fuck you, he's Rider 1, who cares? Mm. And I really liked, uh, there's the part where Rider 1 rips off the face and, like, they just don't even look human anymore underneath the mask. It was really good, too. I-, I liked a lot of the Shocker Rider stuff. I agree that I wish it was more practical than CG, but I don't think it was a- necessarily a bad sequence. I- it definitely wasn't the worst fight of the movie. But yeah, I can I can agree that there are elements of the Shocker Rider sequence that weren't great. The, ultimately, at the end, the stuff with the team up and them doing the the synchronized fighting was really good, and I really liked the climax of that fight where uh, the Shocker Riders explode and there's the big ball of fire and Hongo starts hanging his head and Ichimanji's like he's there kind of like smug living up the victory, and then he sees Hongo kind of like he- head hung over in like mourning and he kind of. He quietly starts replicating him. I really liked that. I really liked that uh, conclusion to the fight scene. Again, I guess Mm. this is going to be a thing where maybe, like, I don't know, next year ask us again and we can tell you. So maybe that's going to happen. So I guess we just move on to the last fight of the movie. Uh, Mm. Zero, zero, one, zero, two, zero, three. Common writer Ian Ozzyman. Uh... I liked the parts that weren't shaky. Everything about it was fine, but that one section where it was shaky, I was like, why? Yeah, apparently... Skill issue. Apparently, I want to say this was behind the scenes. This is the one like that kind of made the action director go basically get really fed up with Anno, like where he threatened to kind of walk off set. Jeez. Oh, so... I have no exact idea why Anno decided to say, no, it needs to be, like, shaky cam. Because apparently, according to, like, research, the the fight was actually supposed to be more choreographed and more stable. And Anno apparently didn't want that. And, I mean, aside from the fact that the Zero, or like, Rider Zero suit's more, it's, it's pretty cool. Gotta admit, it's pretty cool. It's cool. I kind of wish I was able to see more, mainly because a lot of the jump cuts were very, very annoying in this one. Again, to bring in a wrestling reference, it's like I was watching fucking Raw, dude. It's like I was watching Monday Night Raw. It's like, (laughs) oh, did they bring fucking Kevin Dunn to film this bullshit? All this fucking camera cuts, all this shaky cam. Like, what is going on here? Like, I don't care if anyone wants to say, oh, but it's more intense that way. No, it's not. It's annoying because I don't yeah, know what the I'm fuck is happening. I don't know what the fuck is happening. I can't see shit. It was cool when, you know, Inazuma was fucking murdering, like, like uh, fucking Ichigo Nigo. But, like, I can't see anything when they're, like, in the climax. It's all shaky. Like, it's like, all right, I might as well just shake my eyeballs. Same fucking effect. I just, I don't, I didn't get that. Like, is there a story reason for this? Is there a logical reason for this? It just didn't make sense to me. Oh. Well, in the first, 
Actually, you know what? You can go ahead first, Lucas. I'll say just I, I really I really love this fight. I, I I the section where it goes handheld where it's just like they're out of their they're out of their magic juice, they're out of their prana, and just it, it's almost like they're disarmed. It's almost like their powers are gone and it's just they're reduced to we're gonna wrestle around on the floor, use our last point zero one percent of energy because we have so much passion for our mission and we are so overwhelmed with just, I have to, uh, I just have to defeat this other guy. Like I can't fail the mission I set out to accomplish. Uh, and I loved it on that level. See, like I understand that part, especially like, um, when they are wrestling on the floor, like, you know, Rider one is holding him down and they're just they're literally wrestling on the floor. It's just, I don't understand the reason for the shaky cam. Like, it doesn't sh- it doesn't present desperation or anything like that. It just it's like okay, well I can't. I don't know what's going on now. Like, what's happening? Like, wh- where am I again? To to use the analogy I used earlier, it's like I'm watching Monday Night Raw, dude. It's like, okay, I can tell that's probably Seth Rollins, but what the fuck is he doing? Like, <laughs> is he jumping or is he laying on the floor? Wait, what the fuck? I think it's Jay. I'll let you speak after this. This is quick, but uh, I, I understand not liking that style of filmmaking or that style of camera work. But I, it, it's like how they're stripped of their powers. It's like this movie is so stylized and so hyper focused on constantly introducing new visuals, and now for this one segment where they're stripped of everything, uh, it, the camera work reflects that. Of now, it's just. Uh, it feels it for the first time. It feels like a person is holding a camera and following the action, uh, and it's stripped of yeah. the crash zooms and the insane movements and the insane multi-camera setups. It's just one camera following them around. See, I can fully understand that, but where where does experimentation <gasps> then lead to the detriment of the actual fight? Because that's what it happened to. Mm-hmm. Because again. I can fully appreciate that's what's going on. I can fully appreciate the artistic aspect of that. But if I can't tell what's going on anyways, it takes me out of the fight because I'm like, what is that blob? Is that is that Rider 1? Is that Rider 0? Is is that Izu? What is that? What is that? <laughs> what is that? Who, who is that? It's like, I might as well just start fucking, you just throw anything in there. You could have fucking thrown a pillow in there and I would have been like, oh, that's Rider 1. Because it's too shaky. By God, it's stone like, cold. Honestly, like, it's like, what? It, what? What is this shit? Like, you. There are ways to present that idea without losing the the legibility of the fight. There's many ways you could have done that, and I think, I think it's because it happens towards the end of the fight that annoyed me more. Because the beginning of the fight was fun. The beginning of the fight was interesting. You know, these two are literally so outmatched. The guy doesn't even need to make a fist. He just needs to touch their bellies and they're fucking flying. It's just that shakiness. It was like, it was too much. You can have shaky cam to represent that, but there's a point where it's almost too much. Like, it it felt like I was watching Cloverfield again. And I I never want to feel like I'm watching Cloverfield ever again. Like it's it, it got to that point. I don't disagree with it, you. On it that. got to that point, and I was like, if you if he held back even five percent of that, I think I would have liked it way more. But again, it's like that. It's just that one section of the fight. Everything else, I loved the fight. 
but it's that one section i'm just like man i it it fucks with it man it fucks with it really bad mm. right well uh you're wrong because uh i completely disagree yeah, well, uh, i actually agree mostly well you're yeah, shit well, you're too shit. uh well you're bigger no. shit <laughs> anyway go yeah <laughs> No, I like no, I completely agree with uh Lucas's analysis there where it's at the beginning of the fight, the first phase of the fight, it's them at their peak energy and it of course the fight right the choreography reflects that and it's you got Rider Zero kind of doing like a Hokuto Shinken thing where he just, he just touches them and they explode on the inside and honestly like I kind of didn't care for that first half of the fight when he's just doing like the super prana kung fu bullshit yeah. and he's just knocking like, them around because oh, it's sorry no you like, I, I kind of feel like all the jump cuts with that was really jarring like it was really yeah, kind of annoying it's the jump yeah it's the jump cuts and just like the fat it felt like i was getting flash banged whenever he sets yeah he was mostly because it's it's light blue on the near dark background and if he were any other fucking color, it wouldn't, it, you know what? Cause he's supposed to be like in Ozzyman. If they made it yellow, it wouldn't be that bad. If they made his energy beams yellow, I think it no, wouldn't no, no, have been that JJJ. bad on my eyes. It would be yellow, red, oscillating. Give everyone in the theater a fucking seizure. Might as well. Uh, are, are we trying to recreate that one episode of Pokemon now from the nineties? Hell yeah. <laughs> yes. Fuck them kids. Anyways, go on. <laughs> But no, no, um, uh, I actually like the second half more, and I had absolutely no issue following it along. Like, the shaky cam can be a little much in a few of the cuts of that sequence, but overall, I think it's within a palatable level, and it's completely followable. I had no issue discerning who was who, who was in what position, what was going on during the fight. I... I, it was completely perfectly coherent through me the entire time. Uh, and I agree with Lucas, his analysis of the fight where it's the way the choreography and the cinematography shifts to just be, they are so horribly burned out and they have completely lost any and all power that they have. And they are, they are just, it has just become the fight from they live. It is just two yeah. dudes who have nothing to them beyond raw physical strength and they don't even have that with them anymore just horribly putting everything on the line to just win just get the victory just end the fight there is nothing left that they can contribute but they are still going and i really liked that i I think a lot of people, I've seen a lot of people not happy with this because it's not a big flashy final fight. And, but it, it works better this way that it's, it is just this, it, you know what? This is going to be a little, uh, this sounds a little douchey, but it reminds me of the ending of Metal Gear Solid 4 where <laughs> you get all this all right. yeah, yeah, insane yeah. flashy shit and you've got this entire, like three hour long sequence of all these, like, of fucking Snake and Ocelot having rocket launcher duels and having their giant robot fights. And at the end, it just becomes two horribly broken down, beaten men having what essentially amounts to a really homoerotic slap fight. 
in front of a doomsday see, machine. I totally see where you're coming from with that. And if it was filmed more like that fight, then I would have loved this. Because I don't give a fuck that this wasn't a big flashy fight. This isn't the MCU, motherfucker. We don't got no blue laser. Actually, no, he did have a blue laser. But we don't got no giant blue lasers. <laughs> well, well he, he was making the blue laser. Well, no, it was so a blue splash. Really mm. No, anyways. But, like, <laughs> I don't need flash. For me, I would have much rather it been more like the Metal Gear Solid 4 fight. It's just, again, maybe this is just the thing of, like, it just wasn't palpable for me with the shakiness. Like it just, it just took away from it. Again, I understand the idea. I get it. I can fully appreciate that idea. It's just in execution. I don't honestly think it looked that good. I honestly don't think that the entire fight looked as good as I, as I wanted it to. Cause again, I don't need flashy. Honestly, I kind of expected it to end up as just, Honestly, like you're too, like you like you said, just a homoerotic slot fight. Like I expected it to end up that way, and I liked that it ended up that way. I just wish they didn't mm. go as far as they did. I I think just a little bit less of that would have been fine. And I don't even mean to take out the shaky cam entirely. I mean just ease up on it a little bit, because again, I I'm not the only one who who thinks this way either. Like a lot of people that I've spoken to just thought it was a bit much again, even just 5% of it gone. I think that would have been fine because I love the idea that look at writer <clears throat> one and writer zero on the floor, like children squabbling like these mm. incredibly overpowered things that were just a minute ago, throwing people around like it was fucking DBZ and jumping all around and shit have been reduced to just, basically broken down machines slapping each other on the floor trying to do anything but now it's like it's just again it's just that one thing that i think it just it just holds it back a little bit o overall the concept of the fight i still like i still like the concept of the fight it's just mm. it's just i don't know again just five percent would have been fine just five percent would have been fine You know what? I think I think we can uh, concede on that one. Um, I I can agree that it, there were definitely parts where it needed to be toned down, but I I personally enjoyed it as is, and I I really wouldn't change anything. Well, you at know all. what? Uh, Chicken butt. Yes, yes, I do have one. What are you gonna do about uh, it? Shoot you? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Do it. Uh, do it. Do it right now. Right here, right now. Yeah, this bullet's gonna somehow all wait, end up all the way in Machuchu. Yeah, if I had the gun, I would work. No, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. Yeah. You don't even know yeah, what a what? gun looks like. I can do that. Yes, I do. It's like a, it's like a rectangle with another rectangle on it, and it's got like a. Don't curvy don't, bit. don't talk about and Phil's news there's... on here. <laughs> Anywho. Anyways. Yes. Uh, going back to the movie, uh, honestly, we didn't even really talk about Ichiro as a character. I liked him as sort of like, they definitely sort of, they didn't really go your traditional, like, great leader angle with him. He felt kind of like an evil duplicate of Rider One, and that they kind of have a very similar motive of, we, we both experienced tragedies, our parents and our families were destroyed by a random act of violence. Now we have incredible power, and we want to use that power to prevent what happened to us to happen to others. 
but Ichiro goes too far and he's just he goes full JRPG villain of I'm going to wipe out humanity and trap everybody's soul in a magic box and that will prevent anybody from ever suffering. You know, that usual dumbass trope that never makes any sense. But I really liked uh, Ichiro as a character and I really like just how like completely detached he is after he comes out and he's like he's the strongest person on the planet. He doesn't need anything else. He doesn't need to fight. It's it's completely beneath him. Also, I love the little joke there at the uh, when they first meet. He's just like, "Were you sleeping with my sister?" He's like, "No, dude, no. It's like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't bang your sister, bro." Right I like, you I know love what's that, really I weird about him. Bit. And this is another thing mm. of I it he, I thought he was somebody else, for a fraction of the sec of a second, and I can completely blame this on the lighting. I thought he was played by D End. <laughs> For for some fucking reason, the first time they they introduced him, I was like, "Is that the end? What the fuck?" He looks nothing. Don't I don't know, him, dude. dude. I, to be fair, I was probably not looking at the screen for, for half a second, and I was like, "It's like the the perfect cacophony of like circumstances led me to see him as the end for some reason. I don't know why." <laughs> right. I don't know why it was just one of those. Th- obviously, when I looked at the screen, I was like, "Okay, obviously that's not him." But I was just like, for like, I was looking down. I was taking a sippy whippy, and my eyes were just not focused on the screen. I was like, "Oh my god, that's the end." I don't, I don't know, dude. It was for like half a second. Dolt. It was like half a second. Do you know what half a second is, Jay? No, mm. you don't. Uh, no, you yes, don't. I do. You're stupid. Yes, I do. You're both stupid. <laughs> well, you're right. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's talk about the ending. Uh, Takeshi Hongo dies. No one saw that coming. I did. After I saw the movie, I you know what? I say I say this unironically. I did see this coming because that's what happens. Spoilers. That's what happens in the manga. Uh, is that Hongo dies and Ichimanji replaces him? Just wholesale replaces yep. him, except until the end when Hongo just gets better. But you know, that's whatever. Uh, yeah. So. I anticipated this, but I wasn't expecting them to actually let Ano get get away with it. I I felt that the, I I was expecting that to be like left on the cutting room floor, but no, he does straight up kill Rider One, and he's dead, and he's presumably kind of still alive, where he's his soul prana. Data backup is in the he helmet. He is basically a brand in a jar. Which again is kind of what happens in the manga. So, to be fair, that's probably that's probably their uh, out clause right there. That's how that's that's probably how they how he got like oh, but he's in the helmet and you know obviously sure is just like I don't work here anymore but okay do it. <laughs> <laughs> like you know what yeah that's. That might be it, is that they have that out of he's technically still alive. Yeah, I, I think that's how they got around that. Uh, and then another thing I'd like to add is, uh, again, the the setup there at the end with uh, Ichimanji getting getting the more, I don't want to say more proper, but guess... the more recognizable version of the rider suit with the colors. Uh, and the sort of payoff to the running gag of... Kaminaga and Glasses Dude being in all of these movies, having them be Tachibana and Taki. 
I I enjoyed that. I wasn't expecting them to be talking Tajibana. I thought that was a nice little uh, payoff was at great. the end there. Oh, yeah. Mm. That means we're going to... Yeah. yeah, no, it was... Uh, it was a very surprising ending that I also was somehow not surprised about because that's how it went in the manga. And Ano did mention that he did cribble up from the manga. I mean, Ano said before, and I think we've talked about that a couple of other times that like, this is Ano's like, he said it was like his payment or his de- like debt to common writer. So it makes sense that he incorporated all of the, the strongest story beats from all of the different mm-hmm. medias. So as an ending, I really enjoyed this ending. I think it really works well and it's, it sets, it's a very nice bittersweet ending and it sets up a good continuation. And it, even if it, they don't do a sequel, it's a great place to leave it off where yes, Hongo's gone, but Ichiman, he's still there technically mentally with Ichimanji and Ichimanji's still there fighting the fight. And if each if so much as one pure soul can still exist to fight against Shocker, others will follow, much like how it's been in the shows. So I think it's a great place to leave off for a sequel. Mm. Yes, I will say again, I was surprised they even had the balls to go with it. But again, they do have that out of, well, his soul is in the helmet, so if there is a two that comes out, yeah, he's he's coming back. It's not it's not it's not a matter of if it's when. Um, but I like the ending as well. It it left a very strange. I don't want to say like emotional beat, but it left a very strange like. I'm okay with this. I don't know. I don't know how to. I don't want to say content because that makes it sound like oh this is the best we could get. But like. I was very happy. Like you're satisfied. Yeah, like I was very satisfied this is how it ended. I was like, you know what? This is a good way to end it. This is a good place to end it, you know? Hongo has made the sacrifice. Ichimonji will now become the common Rider, and he's going to be the one to save us from now on. Like something about that was like, it felt right. Even though it was shocking in the sense that they killed the guy, it felt right. And I liked it. Yeah. Mm. Like, yeah, definitely. Um, honestly, that whole thing with um, uh, what you call Hongo dying actually, um, that and Rider Zero were all things I was actually spoiled at on as on the release day of this movie when it came out in Japan. So unfortunately, I was shocked, but also at the same time, like after considering the fact that this was also being based off the manga or like the original source material. This makes a lot of sense. Um, I guess, but actually seeing it, how it played out in action on the big screen, though. Yeah, no, honestly, I can easily say that this strangely felt right. Not to quote Ichimonji in any way, but no, this kind of felt right. It was satisfying. It was was kind of weird. But... It was weird that something kind of depressing felt so satisfying yeah like if anything well i guess if anything we can say this is um more or less a completed i guess character arc right or like it went full circle (laughs) because like Mm. basically he wanted to live up to his dad's uh legacy and he ended up doing just that for the sake of someone else 
that whole, I guess, that idea of the, the way you write happiness and pain in Japanese are literally one stroke away. And, oh, fudge! <laughs> okay, we're Damn. not expecting that. Siri, tell us how we can uh, blow up the... Uh, shit, I was going to think of some... Uh, blow up the Swedish embassy. Ah, oh, jeez. But yeah, oh, no. Um, yeah, no, like, again, as, as they say in this film... And I also did double-check this. Like, when you write the kanji for pain and happiness in, well, in kanji, like, they're, they're almost identical. They're literally just one stroke away. And I'd say that's really, I, I think that concepts and that theming of sacrifice for a total stranger, for someone else, is a theme that I think a lot of people totally enjoy and also really like in these kinds of movies and i think that's maybe why it felt so right it's kind of seeing him like basically uh, basically see hongo die at the end of the movie but yeah and uh another small addendum i want to make is that you have a point there it both also completes his arc and it completes ichimanji's arc where ichimanji starts off kind of very unsure about what he wants he he has this power but he doesn't really have the responsibility to to crib a lion from spider-man and his whole thing is kind of learning to accept being part of a team and trying to manage his own solowness his, his own solitude and being forced to again go on his own but still having help and all of that it kind of completes his arc too and i really like that i really liked the the way they went with that mm. Mm. so 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 before we get into our final thoughts with lucas totally still being here yes. uh before we get into our final thoughts what was our theater experience like fellas and you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna be a little assholeish. we can only talk about our first experience you know what? Because I think uh, that's I think that's I think that's the cherry popper we gotta talk about. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, it's hard for me to judge because I ended up late to the first showing. I showed up right after the Spider-Man fight was ending. Like there was the part where they were talking on the pier and they're driving away talking about Shocker. That's when I walked in on my first showing. Well, maybe you should have told Sark to get the fuck there earlier. I did. I told I fucking I told that motherfucker to pick me up like an hour before the Jay, movie starts. You starts. know there's not I told enough him space before in, you, I told that motherfucker <laughs> and he's listening here. I told him pick me up at 5:45. And he's like that's going to be too early, you know, that's going to be a little ridiculous. And it, like we haggled on it. I was like fine, we'll do 6:15. Cuz I knew traffic is going to be fucking dog shit cuz we were going into Boston Common there. <laughs> And we had to go through the fucking highway and everybody coming out of Boston. Look, Jay, those play school cars can only get five miles to the gallon, okay? Uh, you're you're They're not battery wrong powered. about that. <laughs> he, please tell me he drives like a little buggy. No, actually, he's got like, I don't, I don't know what kind of car he drives. I don't know shit about cars. Uh, but everybody else had tiny little fucking playing mobile oh, cars, so I'm just. I just want to know because I want to make sure that you know you checked under the hood to make sure there wasn't a label set Matchbox in there. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I, I fucking, t I knew we were gonna be fucking late if we didn't leave like an hour and a half beforehand, and he didn't want to. 
And I was like, all right, I'll agree to like six, six fifteen ish. And then he ended up late to pick me up anyways, because he doesn't fucking know where he's going because he's not from Boston. And then we get stuck literally in every single possible fucking traffic that we do. And, and I fucking told him. I told him it was going to happen. I warned you, bro. I told you. Hey, Jay, you must understand he is being. I, you know what? It's my own fault for taking the ride instead of just taking the fucking train because the train stops right in front of the, where the fucking movie theater was. Red. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, well, I guess, like, uh, how was the actual, like, audience? Or, like, how was, I don't know, theater reactions? Uh, uh, in terms of audience reaction, relatively subdued up until the end. There were definitely, like, laughs at some of the goofier elements. And there were definitely, like, like there was definitely stuff that's meant to be comedic in this movie. Like, mostly with Ryder, too, where he, the way he reacts to stuff is definitely meant to be kind of silly. Like, there were definitely laughs at some of the goofier stuff, mostly with, like, Batman and, uh... Like, the stuff with Scorpion Woman got a couple of laughs. But, uh... Beyond that, it was a relatively subdued reaction. There wasn't a whole lot of, like, out-of-place cheering. There wasn't a lot of, like, people stickering or making side comments or anything like that. It was a really, like, kind of quiet reception. Like, a lot of people didn't seem to know how to receive a lot of the stuff. I mean, it got an applause uh, when the movie ended. When the movie wrapped, people definitely, you know, seemed to have enjoyed it. But we didn't really stick around to see how everybody felt about it. But what I had generally kind of picked up from everybody as the credits started rolling is that everybody seemed uh, not quite sure how to take it, but for the most part, everybody seemed to be like, yeah, this is Anno at his peak again, uh, for better or for worse. I mean, I, even I'll fully admit, and AJ can attest to this, like, I, f I legitimately didn't know how to feel about it when I had first walked out of it. I, it it took me a solid, like, five hours to really form an opinion about it. It was, um... Yeah. Yeah, interesting first showing, but I think it, for the most part, got the reception that, uh, I think we were all hoping for. Okay, yeah, that's, um... Yeah, I'd be more than happy to talk about this. So, in terms of my screening, um, I cosplayed as a Shocker Grunt because, okay, to be completely honest, that was just an easy cosplay, and frankly, the last time I cosplayed for Shin Ultra, no one, know, no one knew who the hell I was, and that was kind of disappointing. So this time I just kind of figured, it's like, you know what, I'm gonna go all out. F it. Fuck it. Why not? Um, but yeah, no. Again, I want to say my theater... Very similarly, it wasn't filled to the brim or like or like to max capacity, but it was primarily most majority filled. Yeah, I want to. Sorry to cut yeah, you no off. Problem. I do want to make that addendment because I did forget to say the first showing was I would say probably about ninety to ninety five percent fill. I think like beyond a couple of empty seats, seeps that were the bibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibib
I think there were only like a small hand. I think there was only like maybe like 10 empty seats I saw throughout the entire theater in my first showing. Mm. Mm. Okay. Gotcha. But yeah, no, that, honestly, that's actually pretty promising. Or like, that's actually pretty good. Likewise, I, I want to say the same thing with mine, actually. Because um, like, yeah, there are, there are a bunch of writer fans. There are a lot of Tokusatsu fans in general. Uh, those who didn't know what Kamen Rider is but knew who Ano was. Um, there are the occasional people of, like, we kind of know what Common Rider is, but I kind of want to get a feel for it myself, and just, like... But, yeah, no, like, I, I want to say, again, the general reactions was that... The, the, the things that got laughs got laughs. Uh, strangely enough, the scene where the uh, great leader Shocker offed himself, that got, uh... I got an uncomfortable chuckle from everyone. <laughs> yeah. I, I just want to say, it's like, oh, yeah, then he killed himself. And then, like, you see the you see the shot or, like, the gun go off, and then, like... I don't the, know, that the way, first... Oh? The way he slumps over. Kinda. Yeah, the way he slumps over, that got, like, an uncomfortable chuckle. Yeah, I can see it. I can see that reaction. Yeah. Um. Aside from that, though, a lot of people, when they saw either the writer kick or, like, the writer chop, or, like, the double writer kick especially, a lot of people wanted to yell that out. But considering the movie didn't do it, no one yelled it out, and it was kind of awkward. Oh, my God. Oh, I know what you mean. Um... I saw other people talking about that, too, where, uh... Especially at the ending, when they played the, the uh... They play the theme song, and nobody, yeah. like... You can tell that like there are people who want to sing along, but nobody nobody wants to be the first one to do it, like that kind of thing. Yeah, like if anything, um, because like I was, I want to say I was in the middle of explaining a lot of the lore to my friends, like that had general questions. But I was like, okay, so what's the new suit represent? And it's like, oh yeah, that represents, and then like you hear like that. It's like, fuck, I can't just not sing along to this. I like shut up. They're playing the song of my people. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no. Like, um, aside from that, though, yeah, there weren't many cosplayers. I mean, there was one guy that was wearing like the Shin, the Shin Typhoon, and aside from that, that was the same guy who noticed me cosplaying, and now we're like buddies on Instagram. But aside from that, though, nice. Um, yeah, no. I want to say it was a very strong turnout for this movie. And a majority of everyone, both writer fans and non-writer fans alike, really enjoyed it. Well, then. Uh, so my screening was a fucking travesty. Uh, so let, let me let me preface it with this. Um, I know Jay did this, too, on the first screening and the second screening. Um, I went Why went wearing my wow wacket? I am Sorry, I, I have a I have a bit of the Malcolm Franks. Um, <laughs> so I went wearing my Common Rider Crew 50th anniversary jacket. Now, for those of you don't who don't know what it is, good. Fuck off. Anyways, so I wore that to the screening. Now, because it says Crew on the fucking back. And it has a big old Common Rider 50th logo on the back. Automatically, everybody thought that I worked for fucking Toei and or Bandai, which was the most awkward fucking thing in the goddamn world because everyone was like, are you here for Toei? And I'm like, no, I'm not. Please go away and die. I, I mean, technically, I'm here for Toei. I mean, I'm here to give them my money. Um, 
But a lot of people, for some reason, and I, I guess I, I, I blame myself because it says crew on the fucking back. They thought that I was a plant for Toei. They thought that I was there to watch the movie and more so watch people's reaction to the movie so I can, you know, write on my little notepad and send it to Miss Frizzle. But, you know, see what happens. Um, a lot of people asked me that same question. Like, Wait a second. Hold on. I got to cut you off. You made two different. Re- you made a recess reference and then a magic school bus reference. I did. Dick. I did. That's really weird, man. Why did you? <sighs> because I like right. making because I like making Jay question his references sometimes. I hate I, it. I, it's, it doesn't feel it's, right, AJ. You it's IQ, AJ, you know, you know, I have autism. You can't do this to me. It's, it's a nerd IQ test. Um, Anyways, but, continue. But yes, yeah, so I go in. I'm watching the movie, and again, I I say it's also because of my seat placement because I got the seat at the very end of the corner, at the very top, by myself. Where like, you, you know, those theaters that have like four seats. I, I think they're technically made for handicap, like like wheelchairs. Mm. Um, but they have like four seats, like in a little box. Like yeah. that's where I was. That's that I I was by myself in that theater completely. Like all right, fuck y'all. I'm I'm here by myself. Um, so again, after the movie and people were looking like, oh, we we, we have to make sure that you know Toei likes us. So again, it was the weirdest thing imaginable. Um, and the thing is, like, I didn't tell anybody that I was. Everybody who asked, where did you get that jacket? I was like, oh, well, my friend, Chad. Uh, obviously, they don't know who you are. I just said Chad. I was like, mm-hmm. my friend, Chad, like, he got it for me and my friends, you know, because we're all common Rider fans and we wanted to get these jackets. And they're like, okay. Um, by the way, uh, the, to the people who were at the screening, brush your fucking teeth. <laughs> for the love of God. I could smell what you ate last week. Um, so... That was really awkward that people thought that I worked for Bandai or, and or Toei, mostly Toei. Uh, I wish I did. That would have been interesting. Um, but yeah, so besides that, my screening was a fucking travesty because people were laughing at things they shouldn't have been laughing at and cheering things that shouldn't have been cheered in a weird way. Like, they every time someone turned into foam, big uproar, like uproar of laughter. Like, nobody could take those seriously. Um, the first writer one, writer two fight, well, the first, the only one, people laughed at the CG pretty hard. Uh, the suicide scene, like Chad was mentioning, people laughed at that. Uh, people laughed at the wasp woman death. Like, not like, like everyone was dying of laughter, but there was chuckles and it was really weird. Um, and then the most awkward part of the movie was the most awkward part of the movie was, um, when it ended. And there was those there was those few guys that started going like yeah yeah oh like they're like they're trying to try and make an applause, but then they realize no one's gonna join and they stop, and it was really fucking awkward because everyone was like yeah, yeah. Um, and like I told Jay, uh, I did stick a bit to talk to people. Uh, just to see like general reaction, like, hey, how you, did you guys like it? And of course, everyone was like, yeah, I, I love the movie. It was a good movie. <laughs> and that was pretty much the extent of those deep conversations. I know I live in a fucking high IQ city here. Uh, but it was kind of awkward, honestly. The second viewing was much better because, one, it was emptier. And two, 
I was kind of surrounded by people who knew what the fuck was going on. Like they knew Common Rider because a lot of these people in the first showing, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real. I don't even think most of them even know the story of the original Common Rider because a lot of them were very much Rewa fans. Like a lot of them were like, I started with Zero One, I started with Saber, I started with Zero One, I started with uh, Revice, you know, that kind of stuff. Like. It was weird because, like, a lot of them, they did not know what Common Rider, like, like the original was. So I don't know if it was just they were laughing because they thought it was supposed to be silly, or they literally just don't know what's going on. It was it was a very awkward screening and uh, not one I want to re- relive. I'll be honest with you, mm. it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. The second one again, uh, but we're not talking about the second one. But the second one again, that one was much better. Uh, but yeah, it was really awkward. Uh, and again, to those people, and you know who you are, please brush your teeth. It was gross. Like, really gross. Um, one guy tried to touch my jacket. That was really weird. I, what I is it like with that. people that try to fucking touch us when we're at places? We um, keep try- we keep- people keep trying to fucking grope us whenever we go anywhere. It's weird. I mean, let me look at Chad. They try to grope him every day. Exactly. Financially. <sighs> Well, I mean, that's his, that's his own fault for being in that career. Well, that's Toei's job. That's true. <laughs> Chad gets financially molested by Toei every day. Um, Don't we all, AJ? <sighs> Don't we all? You're right, but fuck you. <laughs> no, but like for real, like it, it was really weird. Like it, it was it was only one guy that tried to touch me. Wow, that sounds so bad. That sounds really <laughs> weird out of context. Yeah. <laughs> I think even in context, that's even worse. Um, Only one yeah. person tried to touch me, zero out of ten. Uh, <laughs> I only got molested once. Fucking rip off. Um, yeah, like one, that, I mean, that one was guy. my review for the local water park. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, that was so bad. Why did we do that? <laughs> It's because you were too tall. Um, uh. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, like I said, like that one guy, he tries to touch my jacket. And I was like, please don't touch my jacket. I, was, I, I had to ask it like a question. Like, I, I, I couldn't believe someone was trying to do that. Like, don't do that. It's my jacket. Don't do that. So, yeah, that was fucking weird. Um, honestly, it sounds weird to say, but... The Ultraman fans were way more behaved. <laughs> they were made, they were way more well behaved than the Common Rider fans. That's well, okay, because let's... the Ultraman fans are all adults who have watched these shows and are Yeah, I mean, you know... just like it's like uh, Ultraman is a bit more of a cultural icon than Common Rider. Mm-hmm. I do say so myself. So you're saying Common Rider is not as good as Ultraman? <laughs> hey, now <laughs> that saying. I didn't say. It's not as good as Ultraman. That's a fucking reference. But yes, uh. My my screening was just fucking garbage. I hated it. I I hated everything about it except for the popcorn. The popcorn fucked. The popcorn it, fucked. It always does. It's it's that seed oil juice that allegedly tastes like bugs. Yeah, butter. my seed oil. Anyways, uh, I guess that's let's, it. Final thoughts on the movies. Let's start guess, with uh. Or no, let's go with final thoughts and what this means for the Tokusatsu community. Just kind of going forward from here on out. Well, actually, well, I was going to ask you, Chad. Do you want me to do what it means for the Tokusatsu community first, or final? Yeah, thoughts actually, yeah. Let's do, let's do that first before we go into our final thoughts. Um, I I don't know. I don't know what it means for the community, but I think 
this definitely did well internationally. They haven't released the numbers, but I think them continuing to add screenings is promising. Um, and also, I also think we should abolish Fathom events on a federal <laughs> level. Uh, I think we should do away with them. Uh, I, I think they kind of botched this release and they botched the Shin Ultraman release. Um, and yeah, just not a good organization. Uh, these were both mishandled to some extent, as much as I'm glad it got an international release at all. Um, but I do, I do wish one of these would make enough money that this would just get a proper international release. Like this should have gotten a two to three week run in the States. Uh, like like Suzume did last month, uh, but yeah, oh no, I I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if they keep adding screenings. We'll see if they release the numbers. If this did well, uh, because if it if it even did five ten million dollars here, I mean that's that's unbelievable. Which I think is possible. But again, the numbers aren't out. I don't know. Uh, I. I one thing is, uh, while I, I agree with your sentiment about Fathom, uh, your uh -huh. specific phrasing was absolutely hilarious. Um, and I, I see a source. I had seen somebody saying that it was like the final count was like 16 million over here. I don't know if that was just like overall 16 million US. I, that's crazy. But I've seen somebody throwing around that like 16 million US was the final result for i think this run because it did 15 million in japan so if if we outsold japan i mean u.s wins again usa usa but all, also yeah that would be a crazy well, showing we probably had more showings we probably had more theaters and more people yeah i don't yes. again i don't know i didn't see any source for the number i just saw somebody saying total result was 16 yep. million so i don't know if that's our showings in japan together or not but that that would also be crazy just in the scope of this didn't really have international marketing. It just kind of came out, and yeah. if you saw that there was a screening, you went, and that was about the extent exactly. of it. Yeah, uh, yeah that, that's crazy. I mean, even if you consider, like, the two-day showings, like, it seemed like almost every showing was sold out. I wouldn't be surprised if, I, even if it was only just a million, that sounds like it is a significant dent for one of these kinds of movies. Yeah. My my first screening was a hundred percent sold out. My second screening was I think like set three quarters of the way full. I think that's about the same, yeah. Which also crazy. So so what I think it means for the Tokusatsu community. Well, as Lucas just said two minutes ago, obviously, uh, it made a lot of money. Allegedly, and like Jay also mentioned, it made a good amount of money. We don't have the the exact amount yet. And I don't know if they're going to release it, honestly. But we don't have the exact amount. But this movie has apparently made money. I mean, you know, you, Jay, Lucas, and I, we've all said it. Like, our screenings were pretty full on both days, you know? Um, like, the first screening was sold out 100%. Like, I'm not joking when I say it was sold out completely. Like, it was full. Uh, the second time, it was, like, a little over halfway full. So it was pretty good, too. So, you know, this, this sold tickets, you know, to the people who wanted to see this movie, it sold tickets. So, I think that says good things for what Toei thinks it can bring over here. Because now that opens the market for bringing movies that are in the mainline continuity. Now, of course, I don't believe that they're ever going to bring, like, 
I don't I don't believe they're gonna start off by showing stuff like the Geet Summer movie and stuff like that here. They're probably gonna start small, you know, the the more popular movies, and they're gonna they're definitely gonna be like the Ghibli Fathom events where like they're maybe like small chunks at a time. But I definitely think that it says good things for this community in the sense of this can make money. If you're asking what I think about the tokusatsu community as a fan base, uh, half of these motherfuckers don't know what they want. And they didn't get it. And I hate to use this word because I don't like using it unironically. But too many fucking midwits went to go see this movie and they think it was garbage. Which makes me really fucking mad because now they're going to spout their fucking bullshit online saying that this movie was bad. When it's not. It may have flaws, but name me one movie that doesn't. It may have flaws, but it was still fantastic. And the people who are outside going, mm, I hated it, I hated it, are like brainstemmed nimrods who don't know any better. But, mm. but I also have seen a lot of praise for this movie where it's warranted. You know, of course, you're going to have those people who like everything. You know, Jay and I, you know, we see these people on Twitter all the time. They like everything. But legitimate nuanced conversation where people come together and like they still like the movie but they can discuss it in a mature manner and i think it speaks volumes that people can do that with a movie like this with a franchise that's not really as popular as something like ultraman or godzilla in america so in total in all overall in conclusion it's like everything, it has its good and its bads, but I think the goods are outweighing the bad a bit. And I think, in a weird way, even the bads are okay because it's shining a light on who the fuck these people should be listening to. And it's really starting to show that these people are idiots, which is good for me because I hate these people. But still, yes. overall, I am happy that this movie came out. I am happy that this movie made money. I am happy that the fans enjoyed it, the ones that, you know, understood it. And I'm happy that this opens the door for Toei to bring even more of this stuff over here. Because I can't wait to... Because, again, like, to, to go to what, what's what been released, you know, the Blu-rays of Kamen Rider stuff. Like, we don't know the sales figures for those, I don't think. I don't think they've ever been released. But, like, they've apparently sold really well. And this doing well in the box office tells me that Toei should be looking at us a bit more seriously when it comes to this. So... I don't know what that means for the future, but all I know is it's got me hopeful. Uh, TLDR, fuck Twitter, go commentator, whoopee. Jay? Uh, yeah, I would largely echo a lot of your sentiments about it. Is that um, my first showing was ridiculously packed, and even the second showing was uh, surprisingly well filled. I'd say about 70, 75% filled. Um, the second showing seemed to be a lot more fans of Anno and fans of the material rather than strictly just people who are going to see this because this is the hot new thing. This is the, you know, the new Shin, whatever, following the trend or people being dragged along to go see it. I think the second showing was a little more indicative of the cut people who would necessarily be the audience, even though it didn't get as big of a reaction. But I digress. Uh, but yeah, if what I've heard is true, this made a pretty tidy profit over here for the movie. And I can only imagine that 
I mean, it seems like from what I've heard, every fucking showing of this was sold out on pretty much both days. And there, I mean, there, there are definitely a lot of really horrid experiences I've heard of people at showings, but for the most part, I've heard everybody's kind of had a lot of showings similar to Chad and I, where it's real. I mean, there are a lot of people in the audience who don't necessarily know what really how to feel about it and how to react, but overall a pleasant experience and not people like completely just taking the piss. Yeah. So I think in terms of general reception, if Toei sees that sees the sale figures at at the very least for the first day when there really wasn't a whole lot of advertising for it until like a week or two ago, I think it might be a sign to them that they can, they should finally start picking their heels up and start putting a little more effort into bringing stuff over um, not to say that they haven't, been, you know, that the people who are behind things haven't been trying necessarily, but I think it might be a sign that based on the reception of this, it, it's going to be worth, you know, starting to kick it up more into a higher gear in terms of the speed things get brought over. <laughs> no, I think I agree with you. I don't think we're going to get like the fucking King Oger Geats crossover movie. Good. Or we're going to, or we're going to get like next year's movie like the same time it comes out in theaters or anything like that i i think if we're gonna get another movie sometime soon it's probably gonna be another fathom thing you know a curse be their name as our friend lucas basically put it um i think it's gonna be another probably an older movie probably something with a little lower stakes that they can just like they'll probably just put out to see if it gets any kind of reaction they're like this might be like a complete schizo thing but i remember when i was looking at fathom like a month ago i saw they had a listing for o's deno all writers up yeah i saw any, that too didn't Same. have any dates but they have a listing for it which is surprising to me uh that they would choose a movie so shit <laughs> well yes <laughs> but also that they're even putting that up there as well but no um in terms of overall reception, it, other than, as we've already put it, midwits, <coughs> people who just have absolutely no idea what the hell Showa writer is in general, and certain individuals like Redacted, who redacted their own Redacted, and you can't say that you don't because that's what everybody's been saying the last couple of weeks. So I don't know who uh, I don't know who you told that to, but uh, you shouldn't have told that to them. Um, yeah, I think other than like the usual suspects and like people who just have absolutely like no knowledge about this franchise at all, who are saying that it's bad because it's you know it's it's not like saber where everything takes three fucking minutes to do the effects and all the cg looks terrible and everybody's in a bright colored <laughs> costume and and, ha- and hongo doesn't use the power of books to rewrite reality so everybody gets a good ending <laughs> you know it's no shit like that it so doesn't obvious- end with everybody clapping <laughs> i mean you know what this is an auto movie so i'm surprised it didn't all uh, by the top. Actually, you know, it's funny, like, I think the auto fans appreciated this more than the average common Rider fan. Honest to God, like, yes. Like, like that's what I, like, honestly, I think, <laughs> like, the second showing was mostly auto fans, because 
I, that was like that was a very consistent reaction I heard listening to people talk about it and talking with people after the second one was like, yeah, this was definitely an Ano movie. This was peak Ano. Uh, so yeah, other than as aforementioned, I think overall it's gotten a pretty consistent uh positive reaction and obviously there are criticisms but beyond the criticism it's it's all been really healthy criticism it's not been a lot of like shit flinging or deliberate shit posting because they have no argument to defend the movie so they need to they need to come up with a scapegoat it's like people have legit people legitimately understand what was being trying to be said trying to be done and they all have their own interpretations of it. And there's a genuine positive consensus being reached. So, which is shocking, just not even for it, your common writer, but a movie in general in this day and age to happen. So I think in terms of overall, Oh, hold on. Truck's going by. Give it a minute. Yeah. I think in terms of overall positive reaction, this is, definitely getting i think what the series needs for the western fan base is this positive of a reaction mm. so what you're saying is zero out of ten not as good as spider-verse yes hongo <laughs> uh, not- wasn't as super special as miles because the universe didn't bend itself over to make him the super specialist of common writers i mean that's that's part one not part two Shut up. I don't care. I, I don't care about Spider-Verse. I don't I do. fucking care. I, I don't care about Spider-Verse. But you love Spider-Man. I do love Spider-Man, which is why I don't want to go see Spider-Verse. I can't wait till I get our animator to animate the entire the entire Greco saga. I'm going to make him uh, do that. I'm going to fucking whip that motherfucker and be like, all right, we're doing the Greco. Like, unironic Greco now. Do you remember that time the Greco fought... Uh, Karen from accounting. Yes. We need to make Man, a design was... for the Greckle. <laughs> we do. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, I mean, Chad, uh, do you want to add to it? Like, cause you asked a question. I don't know if you want to yeah. answer too. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, definitely. I do have my own answer for this, especially as well. Um, yeah, no, I want to say leading up to this whole event ever since its inception of it being announced. Um, is, I want to say even heck, even back during anime expo. Cause you guys all remember just like, how people were reacting when they heard like, "Oh yeah, no, we're we're trying, we're working on it. We don't know when, but uh, it's it's gonna happen at some point sooner or later." Like y'all remember that, right? Yeah, I, mean, I, just, like, I, I remember like the most that we could, like, f- I mean, to be fair, like let's be let's be honest. Like, I don't think anybody's expected this to be in theaters. That, yeah. that was that's the surprise for me. I thought it was just gonna be like, ah, uh, it's gonna be tossed up on streaming or something. And, Hey, I mean that's better than nothing, but yeah, the fact I mean, that that's it's pretty much theaters. what they implied at Anime Expo is that like you yeah, we're probably gonna get it on streaming. Don't hold your hopes out for much. Yeah, yeah, but the fact that we got this far, holy shit! Mm. Yeah, like I, I think as well, like considering that this is the culmination of the fifty, the fiftieth anniversary projects of Common Rider, and considering that we've reviewed all three at this point, uh, stemming from Futo Pi. And then that one time we reviewed Black Sun the week after, and months, <laughs> yeah, that 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 certainly happens. And then, especially now, culminating up to Shin Rider, especially. Um, I want to say just like observing the fandom as it was building up, 
was honestly it was really exciting and honestly i want to say it's been probably the most optimistic i've or happy i felt with this fandom in a long time because just like at this point because like it's literally what everyone's been wanting for a long ass time it's to see these heroes these japanese heroes from overseas finally duking it out on the big screen here in the here in the united states and to even give even more perspective this came out literally two months after the japanese domestic japanese release that is the quickest we've ever gotten a tokusatsu film and this is the first time we're getting it in theaters like that quickly because what shin goji that was like a year after right yeah it was like a year or so after yeah, that was a year after. And then Shin Ultra, that took some months. Because I know that they had a few screenings at, like, Asian film festivals in New York. And then, like, Comic-Con. And then everywhere else, like, Southeast Asia. And America was kind of last. Mm. And that was, like, I want to say maybe almost a year after the movie came out in Japan. But here, on the other hand, especially with Kamen Rider, this is... The first, like, we're the first ones to get it outside of Japan, because from what I've noticed, Canada, UK, and other parts of Southeast Asia, they didn't get this yet. And considering that Southeast Asia just kind of leaks everything, this kind of says something. Just, like, it's kind of crazy that we got this first. And then also to maybe, and if the box office numbers are to be believed or are are correct i want to say this should definitely send a message to toei knowing that hey you should get us like also these tokusatsu properties instead of thinking about us or thinking about distribution of that nature as like a secondary as a secondary market or like a secondary uh, basically resource to export i guess i don't know but i want to say like for those like just kind of listening here as well like I really hope that we get more, like, at the end of the day, because this has just been such a great opportunity for those that are curious about Common Rider. And I think from here, it's a true starting point of us getting more, I'd say. But, um, yeah, those are kind of, like, my thoughts on just the Tokusatsu community at large, just after kind of seeing this movie, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Well, now we do our final thoughts on the movie. So we're going to start in reverse again. So here's Chad. Oh my gosh. Let me get a cup of water. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> you got to go in dry. Oh, my throat. That's Anyways. What she said. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah. Final thoughts. It honestly took me a while to get into this movie. Uh, the first time I wasn't sure how I felt. Um, literally, I saw it with a group of friends that all majorly enjoyed it, and I'm glad they enjoyed it. Um, but for me personally, like, I I had a lot of gripes with the movie. And I want to say that this is one of those movies where I believe if you watch it more, you're only going to enjoy it more. And, like, it's one of those things where it's also the amount you put in is the amount you'll get out by the end of the movie. And in this case, so many references, so much... So much loving history to the original Common Rider and the source material. And I think Anno understands that completely. I think 
jokes aside and not being and not pulling any of my punches here, it is a solid eight out of ten, mainly because I do have gripes, especially with the pacing, especially with some of the buildup. The camera angles a little janky, some of the CGI's a little wonky. But then again, what movie isn't like that? But I think more than the guess how do I put it? I guess more aside from the content though, I guess the symbolic meaning through and passion that Ano put into this movie itself honestly speaks loads and if anything like if you're if you're trying to tell people to get into common writer, because I went with two different groups of people on both days and all of them were insanely interested. They were curious about just like, oh, what does this mean? What does that mean? And it's, I think especially as well, being able to stay after the credits as well and kind of seeing just that little compilation of the original Showa writer on the big screen. And honestly, really good quality, by the way. Like, mm-hmm. I want to say that might be Toei's new remastered footage? Question mark? I don't know. But it looks really good. And then seeing friends kind of be curious about like, oh, so this is the original. And then seeing them want to get into like Common Rider from there. I want to say that was really, really uplifting. And if anything, I hope we get more of this movie universe. And I really hope that we get more just in the States in general, just kind of for kind of going forward. But um, yeah, it's been a long journey and I'm glad we're here. Uh, yeah, I would agree with Chad, and I think we we've all kind of reached this consensus: is that on that first viewing, it hits you in such a way that you can't immediately form an opinion. It's it's been honestly, it's hard to really think of any movie that I've had that reaction to. Just really in general, is walking out of it and not knowing how I felt about it. I, it, once I kind of started thinking about it, I really do appreciate what Anna was doing. I really see a lot of what he was doing. I liked that this one was more focused on telling Anna's story and his own feelings on Kamen Rider and his own interpretation rather than with Godzilla and Ultraman, which really just kind of felt like, what if, but in modern day, kind of, and then there was a more, there was a, there was a political subtext to it. Whereas this was more, this was a more of a pure adaptation, which is not to say that he didn't have those elements that he did before with the social commentary. And it was definitely more Anno esque than the previous ones, which I know is also not a healthy contributor to forming an opinion on it but i would say out of the shin movies this is absolutely the strongest one i think this is the best work of the three i think this is the strongest overall artistic work that is executed the best out of the three despite its flaws despite it does have flaws i'll fully admit it does have flaws but Compared to the other ones, I think this is the strongest of the Shin trilogies. And if this is any indication of what's going to happen, just in terms of writer in general, but also in America going forward, 
I think things for the most part are going to be looking up. I it does set a very positive, uh, very positive view. Final thoughts. Um, I think I I love the Ogs. I love Common Rider. I love Common Rider too. Uh, they're both my friends. Um, I think I think the ending of this is really sweet. Uh, the meeting with, uh. Ichiro and his sister in the Common Rider helmet, I think, is really touching and well done. Um, I like, I do like the new Common Rider suit at the end. Uh, I didn't like it on my first viewing, but on second viewing, I kind of came around on it. Uh, 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 I, I like, I like the new color scheme. Um, and yeah, I really, I, I did also. Um, and I know a second Shin Kamen Rider is planned, but not confirmed. But the little mention of Cobra Og at the end, I was like, "Yeah, let's get let's get let me see Cobra Og. I can't wait to see this guy." That's that's my th- that's my final thought. I can't wait to see this guy. Uh, so. <laughs> hmm. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of how to formulate it in a way that's coherent to the layman. This uh, movie sucks. It does actually. Fuck. fuck I think Shin Kamen Rider sucks. Watch Black Sun. It's, it's black. It's bloody and so epic. No. Um. And they kill the gays. I mean, to be fair. <laughs> I'm <They> just. <laughs> I mean, oh my god. <laughs> anyways, anyways, to be serious for a moment. I do think that this movie, as an artistic piece of passion, because let's be fair, this has been a passion project for Anno from since the first syllable of that script was written. From the first synapse that went off in his brain that this movie is going to be a thing, this has been a passion project. This has been the thing that Anno has probably been wanting to make since, God, since maybe he was a little fucking boy. I don't know. He, it, this is the thing that Anno has wanted to make. And as a passion project of... As an artistic passion project, I should say. It is fantastic. For the subtle-as-fuck references that nobody other than the hardcores like us are going to realize to the little things that even casual audiences are going to enjoy. You know, if you dare bring a casual person to watch this movie... Uh, from the little things like that this movie has something for everyone in that passionate sense I I will however be I, I would be remiss if I did not mention the fact that this movie still does have bumps in it it has a lot of bumps in it that for a lot of people it may even ruin the movie it didn't for me but I can fully admit that this movie is not going to be for everybody it is something that is made by a passionate man for something that he's been passionate about since days of yore, and he's making it for people who are as passionate, if not even more so, than he is about the source material. If you go in with the mindset of this is like the first common writer thing I'm ever going to see, you're kind of just playing yourself. Maybe you can still get something out of it. I can't, I'm not going to say you won't, but you're kind of playing for yourself, if you know what I mean. And in a way, you're kind of robbing yourself the experience of understanding what this movie truly means from a guy that, let's be honest, might not be all be there in the head, but in a good way. 
I won't say that this is the greatest movie I've ever seen. Honestly, I have to watch. I have to sincerely watch Shin Gojira again just to see what I think about it. I don't know if I would still. I still don't know if I would make this. If I would say this is the best Shin movie, because I can't tell you what is the best Shin movie right now. Maybe give. Maybe come back to me in a few months. Maybe come back to me when the unironic Ano cut comes from. But as a movie, as a common writer movie that I watched in theaters, made by a man who loves this shit more than he probably loves his own fucking wife, I can't say this is anything more than a fantastic movie. I will, I will lay below, I will lay between Jay and Chad's rating, and I'll give it, I'll give it an A+. I won't say it's S+, plus. I won't say it's S-, minus. I won't say it's S, it's A+, plus. but at the very high point of A+. Plus. Again, come back to me once we see the Ano cut, it might go beyond that, but right now it's A+. Plus. And as a Kamen Rider fan, I really couldn't ask for much more of this movie other than the criticisms that we were given. And I think, like Jay said earlier, it is surprising to see the amount of nuanced discussion around this movie that doesn't go, hey, Jay, you like Comrade Sheen, you fucking gay You know, like some people we know. But, you know, yeah. I'm surprised that we have been able to get into that nuanced discussion with a movie that, let's be fair, is about a fucking robotic grasshopper kicking a Batman in the face. So if that doesn't tell you something about this movie, I don't know what does. Uh Good movie. Go watch it. Uh, don't watch Evangelion. It sucks ass. Anyways, so... That is that is the key takeaway out of the entire Shin trilogy. Fuck Evangelion. <laughs> fuck Evangelion. I mean, that's what, I mean, that's how Ono feels about it anyways, but... <laughs> that is true, yeah. I mean, Aside from that, though, yeah. yeah like, I think uh, just a little bit of a fun fact that I also for, actually forgot to mention as well. Yeah, even the Japanese people are kind of surprised that we're getting it. I've gotten messages from Japan saying, it's like, wait, wasn't that just in theaters for us? Wait, that was just in theaters for us. Why do you have it? People in America like Kamen Rider? You people know what, know this, what this, is? this is? Yeah, like, I've, I've gotten a few messages from people overseas about it, and it's, it's been crazy. And I think, like, even, like, the whole whole world has noticed that we happen in America finally, or kind of, or something. But it's it's encouraging, it's start. to say the least. Again, as as a whole, I think you can't get any better than this, and that is still with the flaws. You really can't get any better than this when it comes to: Are you a common writer fan? Are you a hardcore common writer nerd? This is a movie for you. And, Do you know what uh, you're talking about? This is the movie for you. Oh, so Redacted can't watch it, even though they well, didn't. well clearly he couldn't because he didn't seem to think it was a good movie. Yeah, well, you know, you know, he's he's stupid. So anyway, well, he's busy redacting his redacted. So. As you were saying, Chad. But yeah, no, like I think just at bare bones, one when you look at this movie, it's pretty much common Rider at the Bears of Bones. And I think these are all themes that people, like the idea of, I guess, sacrifice and also justice that people want 
is, I guess, very... It's re- I wouldn't say relatable, per se, but, like, if anything, it's something that people can get behind. And I think as long as, like, that this movie... And I think this movie's hit all of those beats perfectly, so that way people can kind of understand just exactly what Kamen Rider is. And I think from here on out, the sky's the limit. But, Chad, Kamen Rider doesn't have any bones. He's a robot. He does have bones. He doesn't have bones. But he has bones. He doesn't have bones. He's a robot. Do you just think do you think robots just don't have bones? Robots or don't have bones, bro. He has bones. No, they have nervous systems. <laughs> what are, what are they connected to? The shin bone. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god. That was so stupid. <laughs> Did you even have a plan for that or was it just like I had to get the word shin in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I figured. I don't care if it made sense. <laughs> god damn yeah, it. I Anyways, um well that's it for this episode, everybody. Next time we're here, Jay's gonna talk about Beetleborgs all by himself for twenty hours. Uh, um I actually really do have to start that fucking show. <laughs>